fucking A. <laughs> <laughs> you just 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 recalibrate. Yeah, yeah. Just it's like a mind shift, mm. and then you know you're living. You're so like living. He the dream. was disappointed, Dad, but now he's just proud, Dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's proud of us. Are we telling ourselves that, or is that what he really feels? Well, you know, at the end of the day. Oh, manifestation God. is mm. reality. Here we are. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. I don't know Something what you guys like would that, do without right? me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, um, squad. Okay. We, we made it. Lost. I love that, as Eric said, that we got uh, credit from Pat for only being four minutes late. Actually, six, seven. But the reality is it's an hour and six minutes. It's an hour and six late. Um, um, Steven was halfway to Best Buy when we figured out the, the <laughs> hardware uh, solution. We figured out a hardware solution. Thank you, Caesar. Caesar. King Caesar. Hail Caesar. Figured it out in the Savior office. Savior of Rome. Yeah, truly the Savior hey of guys, Rome. Hey, guys, I'm getting word that it's, it is lagging and buffering. Did we not fix that? Don't ask me that. Jordan just please don't ask me. Stuffing his face with nori. <laughs> Everything's gravy. Don't bother him. <laughs> don't bother him right now, man. The guys. <laughs> you Chat, just like that Chad, stuff? I was I was told that the uh, lagging and buffering was fixed, but yeah, apparently that was a lie. Uh, everything's a lie. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um. So it's not working. Can we continue forward or? No, we're good. It's just buffering occasionally just for buffering. some people. So sorry. Hopefully it uh. Hopefully it clears up. How bad? Am I good to move forward? Am I good for yeah, to send it? Do it live? Yeah, people seem to right, say no, it, it seems, seems good now. So. Seems okay, ATM. It's okay now. All right, it caught All right. Um, <laughs> so, um, should I ask Stephen how he feels? No. Yeah, yeah. Should I? Yeah. It's just going to be a fucking no, venting No, I think we need to... Right, give it to me, Stephen. We need airing, actually warm me up. Airing of grievances right now. Yeah, can you right air now. them? Air some grievances? I think it is so laughable that you guys think that you can start the stream at five and get here like thirty minutes before. It it is it, it is high comedy. So okay. to be high fair, comedy. to be fair, we were here okay. an hour before. We were here before you, number one. You were here nine minutes before me because yeah. I had to go get the wine. <laughs> Actually, I got into the building before you. You were sitting in your car. I walked into yes. the building while you were in your car. So I, I don't want to hear it. Proof is in the blockchain, everyone. <laughs> what were you doing in the other room? Talking to Carne Asada, Chris. I was giving Carne Asada. Uh, you said you wanted 30 minutes of pre warm up time with us. You wanted to you lubricate were, your you mind. You were doing things. I had to go give Chris Everyone, some Steven tips on some uh, hot cheap alts. To not just dive into the live. He said, warm me up, lube me up, daddy, sit down, talk to me, get me going. I was here for you. I to be fair, that. I was here before everyone. And <laughs> what I chose to do at the time was crack a bottle of wine and just sit down on the couch and yeah. drink. I got to say, Caesar. Just, Caesar. Wow. Wow. I mean, honestly, wow. We got to get a camera shot on him pretty soon. No doubt. He told us the filthiest story I have ever heard in my life before I, we just went oh, Well, I did I post a behind the scenes video of you guys as you're problem solving, oh and Caesar was God. in the background. So he, he has made a cameo. I hope that story didn't make the cameo. That was right. literally the filthiest story well, I've ever heard. Well, thank you to Caesar. That made all of my alfalfa sex stories look like absolute amateur hour. I'm. I tuned out for that moment. I look like I'm a glad prude I did. compared to him. <laughs> <laughs> Complete prude. It was like a u urine. No. No. <laughs> okay, no, anyways. no. No. Anyways. No. 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 Right. We're not. We're, we're not even thinking about touching it. We're not. It's no. 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 Okay. So uh, we're right, here. I have it. an announcement. Daddy Wait. Nick, uh, the algo, left me with some 
uh, detailed instructions if you if you will uh, allow me. All right, uh, please, Stephen. Uh, so, were you guys on his instructions to set up the live stream? First of all, he's got a great <laughs> SOP here for us. Um, he's really becoming quite the techno king. And um, yeah, we miss you, Nick. Um, we'll see you next week. But Nick did us the honor of setting up something that's been highly in request uh, from the community. So the community often reaches out to us in DMs or in the Discord or on Twitter, you know, whatever, different places being like, hey, guys, you know, really love the pod. Um, how can I support you guys? And like even last week, like Eric uh, in the Discord, not this Eric, reached out to be like, hey, we should buy this laptop stand thing for, you know, Nick, for the host and just start supporting in this manner. So here's what we got. Uh, we got version one. Of a new wait a second am i still on camera okay good i thought my head was cut off <laughs> so um we got a lot of requests for this specifically so this is what we decided to do um most of you know that this is just a fun passion project for us and it's not a business for us um we have our businesses but people have asked us hey how can i support i'm reading nick's notes here specifically because i don't want to fuck it up <laughs> um but we wanted to do it in a way where um, it made it more fun for everybody. We didn't just want this to be one of those things where it's like um, we run a bunch of ads or whatever, or, you know, just there's so many ways to support a show. So what we came up with um, is this. If you go to the link in our YouTube description, I hope it's there. If it's not, I'm going to give it to you right now, and maybe Jordan can drop it in the comment uh, in the chat box. Streamlabs.com forward slash alfalfapod. So... You can, we're going to set up uh, some things for this in the future to make it more fun, where depending on how much you donate to the pod, you get different things that can happen uh, during the live stream. But today, if you donate at least $9, your message will show up on the screen. And um, $9, because knowing you guys, if it was free, it would be a shit show. <laughs> so streamlabs.com forward slash alfalfa pod. <laughs> and also instructions from Nick specifically, because he tested this. The credit card option does not work. You have to use the PayPal or the Venmo option. And the main reason we're doing this is because we say a lot of things that will cause our content to not be monetizable with YouTube monetization and or could potentially cause us to get deplatformed. We really want to create a model that's like community centric. So um, we're going to try things out like this, see how it goes, hopefully not get banned by YouTube because we've been... Yeah, just keeping it consistent and real, and uh, hopefully this makes it fun and engaging, and we'll come up with some more fun stuff. We obviously mm -hmm. need a lot of help. Yes, <laughs> we do. I would be so happy if I could do this pod and just not lose money. That's like the main goal. <laughs> I'm busy. I'm just. Well, I'm, I don't mind. That's why they call it a passion. I'm, I'm yeah, not paying, gonna happen. Pal. Paying to <laughs> entertain uh, all of you guys in the chat right now. I love it. Um, speaking of which, before we go on, um, it looks like some of you freeloaders have not hit the like button. So you should do that. Thank I'm you. I like it right now. Yeah, you, you you should like it as well. Uh, help help boost the stream. Let's get more people in here. Get more people into the Discord because it is a wonderful place, and we want more people to join. I know we've had a couple new guys uh, trickling in this week. A couple lurkers coming out of the shadows. So that's been super fun. Um, all links are what alfalfapod.com. Yep. People can find the Discord. Can get I? All that good stuff. There is a pocket. Can, yeah, can I talk to the elephant in the room? Yeah. This shirt that you're wearing currently, is there a pocket? Yeah, does it show up on the camera? It looks very white on the, the but there's a there's a real pocket. I've heard the fake shirt. pocket is in the real pocket. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna see if uh Wait, this video is unlisted? No. Yeah. 
Calcium. What a fucking catch. Jesus oh Christ, God. man. <laughs> Holy Lord. All right. Yeah, we got to put this to public. Oh, my God. I am liking it on the inside. Lurkers be, <laughs> lurkers be lurking. Oh, yeah. It's God. unlisted. Jesus. I don't. I don't have enough palms for my uh, face. <laughs> yeah, you gotta edit. You gotta edit, Jordan. Edit the video, and then you should be able to switch it to public while we're rolling. God bless technology and our lack should of be able knowledge to how to use it. At there it is. Let's get to that point. It's public. Oh my God! Do you remember when I w was on the YouTube page and I was like, "Guys, I don't see the stream," and you were all. Mm. You were all like, oh, no. So, uh, Stephen, why don't you kick off with, so, main topic of today, and then there's obviously some surrounding topics, but... Yeah, have we heard enough grievances? Yeah. We're going to kick off with Apple Vision Pro. I'm going to look at this setting while while you kick that off. Yeah. But, um, cool. This is big. This is really big. Is it big? We definitely have a reaction. Is it well, a gigantic... It it's $3,500. Nothing burger. So expensive, nothing. What's burden. the tax on that? Hold on, yeah, it's almost 4K. Well, here's here's like in California. What I'm thinking is like, well, they should, haven't should missed. We, should we tee it up first? Let's yeah, let's, let's, let's tee it up first. Okay, Just for in the case 3 people that don't know, let's it, give people the, don't know. Apple announced the Vision Pro. It's it's the latest in a long line of these uh, AR VR uh, headset thingamabobbies that keep coming out. That is the technical term for them. Um, did that one two days ago? Was that on Monday they announced it? Probably, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yesterday. Yesterday? Yeah. I don't know. I can't keep track of time anymore. I don't know what month it is. Um, yeah, so big announcement. A lot of controversy on the internet. Some are saying this thing is awesome. Some are saying this is an absolute joke. Um, <laughs> I think uh, probably somewhere in between, but uh, I'm, I'm curious to I get, curious like to get to your get take on it. I know that you, Armand, have an opinion on this thing because what, you are... Why? Because uh, I have opinions? You're an opinionated person. Ah, so, yeah, it, 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 hit, hit, hit me up. What, what, what do you, what do you, what do you well, feel? Well, I haven't done... I, I, I have to say, I haven't done, like... Typically with technology, I get really excited and I do a deep dive. I can't say that I've done a proper, you know, Armand-level deep dive on this at all. <clears throat> So this is very much just first reaction. Tell me how you feel. Which is yeah, I'll tell you how yeah, I feel. Tell me how you feel. So here's what I like about it. First of all, I think I always knew, and a lot of people that are at the forefront of tech always knew, and I agree with them, that if AR VR was going to work, it was gonna be Apple. Every attempt at making this thing a mainstream technology has been terrible. I personally hate wearing headsets. I don't like that I can't see out of them. I don't like the overly immersive nature of them. I've always felt that the future of humanity and technology is something like um, a combination of the movie Her and like Minority Report, where you have a blending of the physical reality that we already exist in um, along with this like silicon-based level of reality and overlay of digital layers on top of the physical reality. That's the only way I can see human beings adapting to it, uh, working well with it. And the first version of it is a version that has low battery life, that requires to be mostly plugged in, that is a still rather large headset, but that I can easily see eventually evolving into 
uh, a pair of contact lens or something really sleek and sexy that you barely notice, and it's gonna be incredible. Now, we can talk about how that looks and what the features of this are, but what's important to me is that it happened, it's out, and sure, we can talk about it being expensive, we can talk about it being, you know, um, like what's, what's good, we can go into all kinds of things. But what I'm also impressed by is, so, so first of all, that's, that's that. I think it needed to be Apple because there's no other company that today exists that can deliver um, a consumer good, a technology consumer good that people are radicalized for at this level. Now they've had flops. They've absolutely had flops. Um, I think what's those, it, what's those, the, what's the biggest big flop? I think had. those big headphones were a flop, the $600 headphones. And I'm really? a little bit nervous because mm, I think that these remind me of that. No, but they didn't sell because they were $600. They were not a big mover. So like people still just, I don't know many people. I know like two people that own those. Like I heard they're amazing. I've tried them, they're amazing. But my concern is that V1 of this is not going to be widely adopted. Um, it's a lot to already buy a $2,000, $3,000 MacBook Pro. If this could completely replace your MacBook Pro, and if you were the type of person that wanted to replace your computer with this new Vision OS operating system, then maybe you could like think of it that way. But to me, this is not a replacement for a desktop or a laptop. It's a completely new paradigm. You're gonna need it independent of your other devices. You're just gonna move between Vision OS, iOS mobile, Mac OS, that's what they want. They want you to fluidly move between these different environments. And yeah, that, that's, that's kind of my initial reaction. My favorite thing though, is that you can just see through it. And like, if someone comes up next to you, it's not like, oh, what the fuck? I didn't see you there. Like, that's really <laughs> important to me if I was gonna use this thing is like, you can hear things going on outside of it. Um, you can see things going on outside of it. That's really important. So yeah, I, mean, I have no idea how uh, it's gonna actually feel and look and and be the, I also think the demo's probably better than what the actual reality of it will be. Demos are always better. Um, we'll see how it actually looks and feels when you're in that world. I think a lot of people think it's like a see-through thing, and it's it's not, right? What do you mean it's, it's just, not? Well, it's not like you can see through it. It's it's got like a camera, right? So mm -hmm. it, it'll show you the world in front of you, but it's not like you look through it. Um, and like you said, you feel queasy in these things. I do. And it's, well, it's like a human thing. I think it's because we, you know, we, we evolved out in the wild once upon a time. We've got this peripheral vision, you know, want to see predators like sneaking up on us. And there's like something unsettling to us to have that just sort of blocked off. Yeah. So it, it feels unsettling. It feels and then unsafe there's, to me, actually. Yes. Yes. So like something feels in unsafe general, in your brain. I feel very unsafe about that. And oh! The, oh, Max. Max. Thank you. Is Max. that the first one? Yeah. Uh, hold on. We need an NFT for that. First super chat or first uh, <laughs> donation? I love that. First uh, donation. Max is in the building. I'm going to have to screen grab that. Hell yeah. Uh, oh, I just broke one of the rules that Nick told me. God damn it. What's, What's that? that? It's not even. I can't say it. <laughs> we broke one of the SOP. But fuck. hold on. Uh, did Max send a message along with he had his donation? Instructions, specifically instructions for this. Oh. I'm so sorry, Nick. Um, <laughs> Nick would be so proud. You, I used to be like in this role very much, heavily, like kind of like yeah. I it, I understand. I I know, Nick. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> okay, what did you say? 
back to your oh uh i'm with you man like i thought that this whole ar vr thing was kind of like a like a techno king kind of project for for the nerds or whatever and this this to me anoints it as like no this is this is here now this mm -hmm. is the way forward and uh you know i agree with you this is also the first iteration and like maybe this is just the first stepping stone along the way to that like minority report future but it has to start somewhere it has and, to start and this is like this is the start you know this is like i so like perhaps a better question is what do you even think about like if you take if you if you remove yourself and and we reduce it down to what not what it looks like and what it does today but the outcome of what it's supposed to be, what do you think about that? How do you feel about a device that you're supposed to wear that is AR, VR, integrated overlay on top of reality to perform a lot of your work, games, uh, messaging, your photo library, to live your life through this? How do you feel about that idea in general? I think that like the more the more intrusive it is to our, like, physical being the worse it is but like you i've always looked to to like tech stuff and you've said yourself like this is an inevitability so i that's how i feel this is inevitability you know this iteration of it is going to feel burdensome cumbersome it's going to look awkward i think like this first instantiation is going to be like people who use it as a status symbol you know like oh i paid thirty five hundred dollars to get this stupid thing that doesn't right. do that much Right. Um, but you know, these are all just stepping stones towards the inevitability that, as you've described in our previous episodes, which I, I think is true. I wonder if it makes this obsolete and, or renders it to become something very different. <clears throat> I could see this becoming very small or very secondary to that primary vision device in the future. And again, I'm speaking very broadly here about what it becomes. A, a pair of glasses. I mean, the gla the Google glasses were. Colossal what do you think, do you think it ultimately becomes? Like contact lenses? Is that the final? No, the the ultimate point depends. is like probably like microchip. A, I think yeah, it's depends. like a thing in your yeah. brain that literally puts yeah. something in. That's your, the ultimate. But that's like the true final cyborg thing. level. Yeah. But I was like more intrigued by Stephen. I was reading your uh, dialogue in the Discord. You were you were talking about your uh, potential use cases even tomorrow. Like if if you were to buy these things, I I was like actually kind of intrigued because my first instinct is always like the rejection of new technology. Like I'm, I'm like a late adopter by, by my DNA. Mm. So when, when Steven was talking in the discord, I think you were talking about like, you know, having a bunch of trading screens up on and like, you don't have to have like five different monitors anymore. Yeah, isn't there like a huge width to this thing? Like, don't you yeah. get a ton of space? Well, you get, you get 4k in each eye, in each eye. which is a just, Tremendous How amount of pixels. How about the fact that your eyes are the click, like like moving around? Yeah, so I, I was your I was um, I was watching a lot of that's the part that people's blew me like hands on with this, and they they all were like really stunned by how. You could just look at. Your I think you just look mouse, at. You right? look at. You look at something, and you just like tap your finger. So your eyes are the mo movement, the cursor, and this and, is and the, the mouse click, click is your finger. Wow. Yeah, Fuck me. it's like a it's just a completely new paradigm. Like we've been in the mouse keyboard paradigm for forever. Right. That looks we, so uh, like Neanderthal compared to that. Yeah. And like we kind of went to touch screens. Right. We, but but that, that never caught on. Right. Like nobody uses a touch screen for 
productivity at, at work. You know, Too I slow. guess I guess some people who are artists use like an Apple Pen or something, but but like somebody like me, I'm never gonna use a touchscreen. It just doesn't work. But this like feels like one of those things that actually could be just a, a totally new way of conceptualizing the the workstation yeah it, it doesn't have to be a workstation anymore yeah like i don't look at be... this thing do you look at this thing as like in a personal way because i look at this thing and i go if it does work as well as i think it could like eric you you've walked into my little space and you've seen how i work like oh. for seconds just a few minutes this guy is so optimized i i haven't seen uh somebody click around the computer I'm a keyboard like, like junkie like shortcut power user investment, i memorize investment banker level like in excel app. yeah like yeah. you're every you're shortcut so is memorized because every second to me counts and i'm trying to move so fast so like i could see this being a power user's dream come true like i could see productivity skyrocketing to a whole new all-time high for a lot of people like me who need more screen space or or perhaps not just, it's not screen space, right? Because one of the things you want is focus, but the ability to like pull the thing you need to pull at the moment you need it in front of you. So like I'll push, you know, command seven to do that because I know that space is there in arc or whatever it is. But if I could literally just look at it and bring it forward, like that's, that's faster. It's even faster. That's faster <laughs> because I don't have to memorize anything. I'm using my eyes. So it's reducing the friction and speed. I mean, this is what Elon has talked about a lot, right? Like the challenge that we have, the reason we're not like complete cyborgs yet is because the challenge we have is that there's a, a, there's a problem. There's a gap between the pace at our, which our mind moves and our ability to perform that function physically in reality on our phone. Now, if you were to remove that barrier and make it so that the thought resulted in the like in the outcome immediately, wow. you are a full-blown cyborg at that point. And that's what I believe we're working toward. I, that's funny that you bring that up because I, I read a tweet maybe a, a year ago or something where the guy said, like, it's crazy that um, somebody who's like better at clicking on pixels on a screen will make more money than somebody who's not as good at clicking on pixels on a screen. You know, this is like applies to our lives. Yeah. And what you're saying is like, it won't even be clicking on pixels. It's, it's just like the thought will turn into productivity or money or outcome or whatever. It's like, it's like decreasing well, it has, that gap. It has to become that, right? Like that is ultimately what the merging of human and technology is. That is ultimately what AI is, in my opinion. I think a lot of the fears of AI are valid, but I think that... Um, the, the benefits are clear. We're ultimately creating a global human brain that can generate novel ideas that is integrated into the mind of an individual person. Once that happens and you have access to all of that information, like Google level repository in your brain, and technology has reduced the time it takes to perform the function to achieve the outcome, you're superhuman. That's, we're entering, we're start, we just took a very big step toward bringing the software component into the hardware that turns us more and more into superhumans, in my opinion. But what's, I think what's really interesting about this thing isn't, it's not necessarily the headset or any of that. It's, it's like, it seems like the big breakthrough is the eye tracking and the gestures. 
And I feel I like agree. that could be done just with a normal monitor, maybe even. Maybe it can't. Maybe I'm being an ignoramus. But the idea that instead of using a mouse, you just look at stuff and move, like, A, it's way more ergonomic. Like, I have really nasty repetitive stress injuries from using from a mouse all the time. Oh, from mouse. No, but it does affect my pickleball, which mm. really bothers me i get really very twitchy. pro baby get very twitchy at the <laughs> net i know i need to i need to see a neurologist get some botox in my arm or something it's getting really oh, bad so i have the nice. yips i have, now have the yips and pickleball i had it in, no. in golf yeah golf. it's yeah it's i don't believe in the yips i, yips I for sure do i've i've had it on like oh my God. serving in tennis where i just forget how to do it <laughs> <laughs> It'll happen like mid, i think i know what you're talking mid match i'm just like what <laughs> how did i forget this is <laughs> This is a, I mean, this is a total aside from the initial conversations, but if you go on YouTube and just search for some like yips videos, like uh -huh. the stuff people get the yips in is crazy. Like, do you remember Chuck Knobloch? Oh yeah. Second baseman Yankees. The second baseman Yankees. Oh, and I do twins. remember him. Like in the, he forgot how to throw to first base. Yeah. Like he was in the playoffs, a ground ball. Ten feet away, just <laughs> like, throws underhand. Just because like, <laughs> like really, yeah, it's dude, incredible. Like he could not throw the ball like fifteen feet. Yeah, there was some <laughs> some pitcher on the Cubs forgot how to throw to first base. Too. John Lester, so this is a forgot. Thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. There, 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 there have been thing. catchers who can't throw the ball back to the pitcher. Um, Arnold doesn't get the yips, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, let's, let's talk I about Arnold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Arnold. I'm so pumped. So apparently this, <laughs> this trailer came out four weeks ago. I hadn't seen it. My stepbrother is like the world's biggest Arnold fan. I mean, I'm talking about like, like we watched Pumping Iron as kids over a hundred times. <laughs> over a hundred times. It was just on all the time. And you know, he, he, went the route, he went the route. What? Yeah. Oh, cult classic. That's that, like not that's like not seeing the Big Lebowski, you know? It's at that level. Yeah, I mean, what if you don't like weight, lift weights a lot? No, no, it has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with no, pumping iron. With, pumping iron has nothing to do with pumping iron. All right. Um, <laughs> that's just that's just the near, you know, that's just the little story arc to to illustrate the greatness of Arnold Schwarzenegger. It is a comedy. It is it is literally a cult classic for a reason. It's because it's just like the same way you quote the big Lebowski like pumping and humping, times. baby. It's just everything. <laughs> so anyway, um, he went the path of like pursuing professional bodybuilding and everything. He sent it today. I had no idea. Apparently it's out on Netflix today, but I watched the trailer before we went live and I got pumped, man. Arnold is you love Arnold. Arnold is wait, hold on. So what is coming out? Yeah, what is coming today? out? I no, what is but coming what out? Is, what documentary is coming out? about Arnold Schwarzenegger? Another one. Uh, it's not pumping iron. That's from like 40 years ago. So I mean, it's like pumping iron, but he's in a wheelchair now? Oh, God. All right. You're not an Arnold fan, are you? <laughs> no, I like Arnold. Okay. <laughs> in a wheelchair. The guy's immortal. I want to know where he's all my Arnold He's said some dumb shit are. lately, but mostly he's cool. No, he's fine. He's cool. He deserves the right to say it. The thing is that if he had said that 20 years ago and was still at that age, he would have been seen as like cool and in. I don't want to like do that to him just because he's older the fact that he's the age that he is and he's still so relevant speaks so much like about who he is the guy has accomplished everything he is i think one of the most he's done many terrible things he's had the you know the the extramarital affairs and the kids and the stuff people he's paid off and all that stuff that came out and he talks about that in the documentary apparently 
but I just find him to be a very inspiring person in terms of like taking the most impossible idea that you can imagine for your life and actually going for it and doing it. Like, how many people do you know like that in the world? All right. I don't have a podcast anymore. You know what I have? I have a couple guys that sit and look at the chat, would rather be chatting. <laughs> I'm not as big of an Arnold fan as you, man. To be you fair, guys, there's just, you guys might funny. as well just be talking in the chat instead of talking look, to me. Hat <laughs> said, look, Apple headset seems great for golden showers. And I was like, oh I am distracted now. I don't God. get it. <laughs> Alan, get to the VR choppa. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. Arnold was a millionaire in real estate before he acted, says Max. Huh. Um, highly revenging is Tim Ferriss interview. His Tim Ferriss interview is very good. Tim actually did a very good job um, of that. Oh, it's because you mentioned that word earlier. That's why that came up. What word? The golden shot. You mentioned the. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, sure did. Yeah, yeah look, it was a inception moment. That. Oh God. Why Let's do you get back to Apple? You want you want to bring it home? Yeah, I mean, Apple. I, I, I think there's more. To I mean, go there's into there's a here. lot to I, go into. I definitely into want to talk about sure. this more. Um, what do you think of that idea? Of like, like, are you guys gonna buy this thing? This? Like, yeah. um, like I'm not into. I'm okay, not into. What, I tend to buy. What would what would make Apple. you buy? It? Like, you're not gonna buy it just because it's out, right? Like, there has somebody has to build an app for it. Yeah, I'm not like, like a. Oh, I I need that. I'm not a so status what, symbol guy, but I, it will be. That will be the first use case. Is will will it will be used? See, as I don't look symbol. at it as a status. Okay, symbol. you you know what I would buy it for? Like, if they came out with courtside mba yes and epic like just epic seating for sport like and it was just like a yeah. small monthly subscription you could just sit courtside mba like, immersive like, like a more it, immersive i would consider it's gonna build for this like everyone already is gonna build I, like i think that's obviously a killer Vision use OS case like i want to hear the players talking shit to each other like like I'm right there is this within a, is it. Is this finally a use case for crypto? No. Okay. No. <laughs> Damn it. No. Um, Thank you for but, asking. <laughs> I was well, I'm just hoping. Well, imagine day. like imagine if you get to a point where all the coaches like wear these little cameras and it, it's like you know how in uh, Formula One you can kind of switch between cars and stuff if you do that. Like imagine you can switch to like coach vision and then it's just like a timeout. You're just there and like. LeBron's just looking at you, and, and you're you're given like a totally. Talk. That would be really or like cool joining for the F1 driver in his car. Oh my god, this would be unbelievable for F1. Right? Like, especially if they had the camera in a particular way where you could like actually look around. Like, it's like a 3D camera. Oh, it will and all then, be 3D cameras. Yeah, yeah. So then you can just look around at it. Like that would be everyone's going to build for this. This is Ready Player One. So is this more uh, GPU processing required? Is this like more Nvidia? Uh, necessitated? Is this like, is, is this a bull case? I have case? no idea what they're using. That's a good question. It's about my pay grade, We're not sir. Techno Kings? No. Uh, <laughs> can ask someone in the community about that one. Um, no, I I don't know if Apple utilizes. But like every every viewing experience will become 3D immersive eventually is my understanding as I like sort of project forward. Like sure. We will all like be able to you know, look around the arena and be a part well, of it. Well, the question you guys are really asking is, who is the target audience for this primarily at first? Right now. That's the yeah. question. Is it going to first win with flexors, like people who just want to flex and signal, I got the money, I got the latest I think Apple that's the thing. immediate use that case. That is an absolute no for me. Um, is it the uh, productivity nerds? 
uh, that's an absolute possibility for me. Yeah. If I saw that like Zoom became more productive, like, okay, here's a huge grievance I have. I hate running a distributed organization. On the one hand, on the other hand, I love it. I love that I don't have to... Distributed meaning... Everyone's remote. Everybody's it everywhere a and nobody's of, here. Uh, it'll be like... In, yeah, in like an office. Like hybrid, yeah, distributed okay. model of like people in different locations. On the one hand, it provides incredible um, sort of like flexibility. It provides you the ability to uh, find people in different places and not require them to be in your city. It opens up the candidate pool on and on and on and on. People like it because COVID caused them to be more comfortable working from home. They view it as a perk on and on and on. What I hate is the inability to just like talk to people. <laughs> like I can't walk over to Bob and be like, oh my God, Bob, I had this like thought. And that just, that water cooler talk or that ability to walk over to someone's desk and have a conversation doesn't exist in distributed in organizations. If you could bring that back where this is something that's just like sitting on your desk and you hear a little sound and it just means like, it's kind of like if you guys use Slack, it's like a huddle feature that mm -hmm. they're bringing. If Slack huddle goes off, Slack huddle is meant to be like, oh, I'm here, I'm in the room. And you can just put that on and it's like, oh, there's like three other people hanging out. And we're just talking, what are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about um, getting this new landing page live. Do you have any ideas for the headline? We're just talking. And then I can stay in for five minutes and leave. If that, if it does stuff like that um, and makes brainstorming and whiteboarding and collaboration better along with just like speeding up my keyboard shortcut productivity, I'm so in. But you're not going to wear this thing all day. Your entire work day, no. are you? No, that'd be terrible. It'd be insane. It'd be terrible. There'll be a point where not I think you will, on. though, right? I think like we can, eventually you will. Can you see a point where these things are just as ubiquitous as monitors? Like they effectively replace the monitor That's they get smaller they're easier to wear and people are saying that I, I i guess like they're gonna custom fit this to your face so maybe it's not gonna be as uncomfortable as people say but it's like a it's it's a v1 product so i'm sure it's gonna be not ideal to put on your head for eight hours a day but eventually let's That's assume what i'm wondering if you can replace your workstation laptop computer with with this eventually i think not so v1 i think so like eventually and then yeah. and then Okay, so one of the problems I, I mean, have that'd be sick, right? Yeah. All you do is you carry around a pair of glasses instead of a laptop. And but, it just all happens in there. Okay, let, let me give you a concrete Everywhere. let me give you a concrete example of something I've always thought would be interesting. So I I have a lot of uh, information I keep track of. I have like notes, I'm keeping track of like all these different protocols and trade ideas and all this stuff. And it's it's hard to organize because the way we do it right now is we just have some sort of note-taking app on this 2D monitor. Um, yeah, and if you're like me, you sometimes put it in multiple locations so you don't even remember where you put it. Yeah, <laughs> but have, have you ever seen the guys who do the memory competitions and they talk no. about how they are able to memorize like 700 digits of pi or just, just random stuff? Right? Memory palace. Yeah, and a, a lot of what they go through is they'll say, like, oh, how did you remember these million things in a row? And they'll be like, oh, so I envision, like, my house, and I walk through the door, and I look to the left, and I have this thing here, and this is sitting here. And they're, like, visually walking through a space and associating it with stuff. 
and then the brain connects with that very easily. So like, I think there'll be like a new way to sort of like store, like I'm going to go back to the crypto stuff, right? It is so much random information. You want to keep track of all these projects that you're either in or you're watching for a trade, or is this like a, a DeFi token? Is this a gaming token? Doing that all in just like a 2D notebook or a spreadsheet, it just doesn't have the same impact as all the other stuff you do in your life where you walk around and you interact with people who remember things. Like I think if you if you shift to some sort of like paradigm where you have like a 3D workspace in a way, there's this kind of additional yeah. depth to it. Then like something like an Evernote or a Notion, like maybe Evernote died, brother. What whatever. <laughs> but like maybe we're like storing this information in more of like a 3D space that I walk around. Like when I think about the ETH ecosystem and I'm like thinking about an Arbitrum project or an Optimism project yes. or whatever, I'm in a room and it's in like a, this corner of the room and there's like a bookshelf and I see all the stuff there and I open a drawer. I'm like, oh, this is my exchange tokens drawer. And I, like so I, I see that being I so much more this. intuitive and, and better for people. I think you're making it. I, I think what you're asking for is it's, it's going to be way easier than that. So it's going to be more like this. Everything you do will be captured. Because what, what are you asking for? You're asking for the thing that you capture and the thought that you have to be saved and accessible more easily. And what I think is going to happen in the next I 18 wanna, I months. I want it to be remembered yes. and like visualized in a because yeah. so Evernote, Evernote is good for storing something and if I want to access it like I type it in you have to find but it, it, it lacks that sort of where does this exist in some sort of yeah well this space. is this is where this is the power of AI like this is why AI is so goddamn That's powerful a pretty good use so case, I already actually. use well how I does use, AI I already use an app called rewind that. yeah okay Rewind monitors everything I say and do and and literally say and do on my computer. Okay. So substitute computer for vision, you know, vision um, OS or vision pro. Yeah. That means that every interaction I have, all the information that I've captured and every site I look at, every app I open and every person I talk to, every text I send, everything is captured. So here's what I imagine. And this is easy. This is like... This is so easy. There's an app called Rewind or an app called Siri. And Siri will get better because Siri is in trouble right now. Because ChatGPT is so goddamn good compared to all these other ones that Google AI, which used to be the best, Google Assistant, which used to be the best, is going to play catch up to ChatGPT. And now Siri has to play catch up. And then Alexa has to play catch up. So you're going to have all these different options of assistance. But what is the assistant doing? It's capturing everything you do. And with the push of a button or the say of a word like Alexa or Siri, you'll just add to the information with your brain. So then what you have is a collection of everything you do and everything you witness and capture and everything Jordan says and Eric says combined with your own ideas because your idea is in your head. So you have to get it out. So you would just verbally say something that would become your note. That would become your idea capture. There's no loss, no time, no typing, no note taking. And it just goes, Siri, just remember that I have this opinion about this. And then at any time, you'll just say, hey, Siri, what did I think about this? Take me back. Rewind me. And you'll go back to that moment. You'll play the video. You'll literally just 
You'll play that moment, just like fucking Minority Report. Yeah, that would be just amazing. literally go I, back and you'll do it. And I can do that right now I, I on my hear, MacBook with I Rewind. I hear what you're saying. What I'm saying is something different. What I'm saying is okay, more you analogous like I, You to, like that, though? You want that? Yeah, I do want that. Okay, good. But it's still missing the thing that <laughs> what are you I... Okay, for? so initially we had computers in the 1980s, and some of us who were that freaking old like interacted with them, and it was just a command... Prompt. Oh, you there had a was computer nothing in the 1980s. Yeah, like the like you had like those just very. That explains everything. <laughs> <laughs> they were. You're like a six year old with a computer. Yes. Five years old. Wow. Yes. I was like three years old. My grandpa time. was bringing over computers as soon as they were publicly wow. available, and just I didn't touch one till like sixth grade, I think. No, oh. but but the computer when it came out and it was George's just like what. <laughs> that one was a toddler. <laughs> Jordan was like negative twelve. He doesn't know what we're talking about. Um, when the computer came out, and you had the command prompt interface, where it was just text, it was just text based. You play these games like Zork, where it was just like, you, I don't know if anybody out there has played this game. Then, like, but it would be like you enter a forest. It was just text based. It'd be like you enter a forest, a troll attacks you. What do you do? And you'd be like, fight back. Uh, Fight troll with sword, type it. And then no, it would I just played do these that. games. Yeah. I played like Italian soccer manager, like where you just chose the next move and it played a whole game yeah. for you. And yeah. but, but my point is all the, the data was there, but then we came out with like the, the GUI, the graphical user interface, and we got better at visualizing it in a way that people connected with. And then like I feel like a lot of what Apple has done has been to take this stuff that is just kind of like bits and bytes and data. And then make it more tangible and visual to us, and in a way that like kind of more seamlessly blends with our life. That's literally their superpower. Yeah, and that's what I see going here. So, in a world where you can record and store data, all that's great, but that doesn't do me the same good as being able to like, like as humans, like when we when we store data in our brains, right? It's not just a bunch of text files on a document. It's like imagery and like 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 sound and like sensory association. And I think that this allows you to kind of do a similar thing there. Like if you can have this sort of, um, you know, data capture thing where it's not just you're putting data in a notebook and retrieving it, but you can actually put it in a visual space somewhere and you can interact with that visual space in a way that makes sense for your life and what you do and the information, like everything will become like so much clearer. Like I feel personally like my brain would become so much cluttered. Like if all the stuff I had up there I could just put it in like a room on all these yeah. bookshelves and so like there's this conversation is, happening you know? in the community about like what happens when you just don't have to do anything anymore. You don't have to remember anymore. You don't and you get to offload all of these tasks. What you're describing is how mostly I feel. I would feel more light and free to work on other things and not have to be concerned with um remembering so many things at the same time i look at that and i say the power of memory is probably what keeps my brain sharp and functioning what would it mm. look like how mush would my brain be if i didn't have to remember anything there's this thing that nick and i always talk about when we get in the car and we always turn on google maps now because that didn't used to be a thing right growing up 
you would print out a map okay, quest or you'd pull up a map on your phone. I can and they've that. studied this and they've shown that like people's ability to like understand like the human GPS inside of the brain That's has like completely atrophied. Okay. Like, no but, one knows. But North, imagine South, that East, you have anymore. like a you know, some like quantifiable capacity. If you can just offload that meaningless shit. And you can trust it. And you can trust it, and then then you open your mind up to do more meaningful stuff. That's okay. I, I, I think so. I think so. But this. But is, what happens when the when the tech when the AI isn't there and you're in the desert and you don't know where north? Oh well, is. then you're dead. Yeah, you're gonna get eaten up. Can I, can I, I, I'm dead. not talking about better ways to like recall stuff and but like what I'm talking about is a better way to understand things, right? Yeah. And and there's no amount of AI being able to instantly spit stuff back to you that's going to make you understand. Well, it, I think right? your solution is actually optimized, and you should go talk to. Johnny Ives or whatever, and like that would be awesome if he could implement what you're talking about. No, I agree. Understanding is a different problem. I think that's a Neuralink situation. I think that's like Neo learning Kung Fu, right? How do you decrease the time it takes to I want to like put something into the brain? Maybe segue towards uh, market kind of talk, but I want to finalize this. Yeah. Like, how do finalize. you guys feel about the money side of this? Like, is this going to move the needle for Apple stock? Like, I was following Apple stock. Apple stock, uh, they did the Worldwide Developers Conference during market hours. Apple uh, stock price was up, and then they and then they released the the $3,500 price tag on the goggles, mm -hmm. and stock price crashed day of. And I'm wondering, um, do you think the market has it right? Like, is this not going to sell in the way that their other consumer products have, or do you think this is going to move the needle? And like, and and even beyond that, do you think that this is like, is this is, are the sales of uh, Vision Pro going to impact your view of the future, or is this, is this just a stepping stone that's just like inevitable? Such a well phrased question. I don't know how it's going to perform. But I have to say to the second part of your question, if it does fail, I don't know if there will be another attempt at ARVR. Like, like this if, is critical. if this like, doesn't this work, really then critical. no other company is going to make it yeah, work. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think this is a an important moment. Yeah, I wonder how hard Apple's leaning into it to the point, are they saying, like, no, we're going to be the leader, or I'm, this is our tiptoe in? I'm probably we'll being be a out. little too, like, binary about the outcome. Like, for example, when Tesla first launched, the Tesla Model S was a very expensive car. And they just released a $30,000 Model 3. I mean, even before the Model later. S, they had, like, the Roadster that was pretty true, shitty true, true. and stuff. Like, the first car, though, like, for mainstream was this $120,000 Model S. And that was not accessible to most people. But it did put them on the map, and it did completely revolutionize the electric EV totally. market. So, I don't know. Yeah, it could totally work. Maybe a small segment of people with the money or desire buy this thing, and that's enough to get to Model 2, and then to come out with cheaper models and more expensive models and, and all kinds of stuff. If the, I think what's more important is the software. I don't think the hardware sort is Sort of the use cases for the device. If the software is valuable and the user experience is valuable and has the wow factor that the demo did, the hardware will succeed and sell. This is not about the hardware. I feel like it's entirely about the hardware, right? How? Like, Well, 
couldn't we just we could put Google everything Lens was shitty hardware but the reason it yeah. failed is because the, the fucking software sucked too like okay. it didn't do anything no one cared for no use case i, 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 no I use feel case. like we have the technology to put everything that's in your iphone in some sort of thing that you wear on your head right now right that's what this is uh, like I don't think it is, and I think like there's some stuff missing. But like if they wanted to, they could do it. It would make it bulkier and make it heavier, right? But like we have a bunch of software that we are addicted to. People walk around with this phone. They just there. You you go outside. There's people just in line staring at it, walking down the street staring at it. The software is there, and it's not like we don't have the ability to put that software in existing hardware. Problem, I think, is the hardware, and then also the way you interact with the hardware, is no good. What I'm saying by software, to clarify that point, is the Vision OS. That experience needs to be yes, stellar. Yes, it's the unique software to that device. To that device, it needs to be an incredible experience. Like, but that is a part of the like hardware as well, right? So, Fine. like, the, the, the of course, the, the vision, two sides of a coin. Like you described earlier, you want to be able to sit courtside hearing the head coach talk to LeBron. Exactly. Like, you can't do that on your iPhone. That needs to be incredible. But that's that's a software overlay to the hardware, sort of. But I think like the I think the primary hiccup with this stuff right now is very hardware based. It's heavy. It sits on your head. It disrupts <laughs> your peripheral. Um, we don't have a good way of interacting with it. Like it's very intuitive. Like if you put an iPad in front of a two-year-old, they know how to use it and they yeah. touch it. It's very intuitive, right? Yeah. But like the idea of translating the keyboard or the thumbs to the headset realm is still like ah. Well, I think you, how you, do we you even put a headset on a two-year-old, they'll want to tear it off. Yeah, they'd probably hate it. Yeah. Right. Um, so. I do think it is like largely a, well, a hardware issue. I like these points. So to to start to go more toward the market discussion yeah, around yeah. this, how do you think it will fare for Apple? And um, yeah, I feel like Apple doesn't miss on like consumer products. Like I think feel like they've tested this shit and like they just don't miss. So like I, I'm bullish. I, I, I agree that they obviously test the shit out of everything, and. They have really good test groups, clearly, because by the time they come out with something, it's like super ready for mainstream. Like the AirPods, one of the greatest things ever. And God. people hated that. Like they have a they, they have a strong them. track history of coming out with stuff that ends up being revolutionary. That is just yeah. Remember by AirPods? Critics. Remember AirPod One reaction? Yeah, people were like, "These like, are this the, is the ugliest." Yeah, people hated the ever. AirPods. They hated the Who iPhone. Doesn't have like, Who's gonna not? I, I like my physical BlackBerry keyboard. Like that was wrong, super wrong. It's people, a it's a trend-setting company, it's, it's and a lot crazy. of people say it hasn't been the same since Steve Jobs. But sure, of course, but it's still setting trends. And Jobs plays Tim Cook. Uh, he handpicked him. He like he kind of yeah. knew. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. So I'm bullish Apple. I'm more bullish Apple than I. Oh, that's I don't know if I want to say that. I mean, NVIDIA is a company <laughs> to be very bullish about. But honestly, I don't know. Oh, that's tough. That's really tough. But I, mean, I, I do think I'm more bullish Apple than NVIDIA long term. I just think that Apple has a stranglehold. And we're talking about a consumer goods company. There's just there's consumer. It's yeah. electronics company. It's just not even a fair. I shouldn't even. They're just not even comparable. Yeah. Um, but let's switch gears to to um, Coinbase. Let's talk about some money. Let's talk money some talks. money. Let's talk Coinbase. Let's talk Binance US. 
Um, so Wait, first Binance before we got- go, I forgot. I had one thing I wanted to get off my chest that I want to know if anybody else thought. Did you guys listen to the Apple talk with Tim Cook? Yeah. The Worldwide Developer yeah. Conference? Okay. When I heard it for the first time, I thought somebody overdubbed Mr. Garrison's voice onto Tim Cook. <laughs> I did not think I, I thought I it was like a that. prank, and then I realized it was actually Tim Cook's actual uh, voice. Do you mind doing a quick uh, example of what that sounded like I to you? I don't know if I can do a Mr. Garrison thing. What is it? Like, what is it? Oh, the iPhone Pro, <laughs> so good. <laughs> You're going to love it on your face. <laughs> that is it. That's good. That's a good job. <laughs> oh, thanks. Oh, we got another. Don't, what did it say? Where's not Nick? Not Nick. Not Nick. All right. Well, thank you, not Nick. Oh, <laughs> Where's the, the handsome, handsome one at? Oh, well, he's right here, Nick. <laughs> Damn. You just got to switch the camera over, Jordan. Mustache. Just switch the camera, Jordan. He's right here. Mustache. You want a beard? What would you like? <laughs> Nick. Not Nick. Uh, oh, there, thank you. Oh, we also forgot to talk about the boozing, and we're so bad at this. What do you got for us, Steven? All right, so I brought you some uh, Paso Robles wine. Okay. For those who are not familiar, Paso Robles. The other little, one was Paso Robles, too. Yeah, a little, uh, little wine region here in California. Um, it is now the value wine region. If you want a nice Cabernet and you want to spend uh, $70 a bottle, you want to spend like $25, bucks, uh, Paso, Paso is where it's at. Um, Rebel, I, Rebel. I was looking for uh, three or four other bottles. I, I forgot I was supposed to bring the wine today, so I did it last minute. So I went to the store. Do you appreciate my reminder? Uh, I would have if I had looked at it earlier. Well, hold um, on. You had a bottle from last week because good. you were, you were a week early last time. Yeah, the whiskey. I decided I didn't like I decided it wasn't up to my standards, so I ended up leaving it. Oh, Sean I figure formula. you drank it by you yourself. I did have a couple <laughs> glasses of it, and it was, it was pretty good, but I don't know if I want to put it out there. Um, but yeah, the uh, Paso Robles is, a, is, is good alpha for the, the viewers out there. If you Paso want Robles the, is good alpha. You want the California Cabernet. If um, you want the California. I wanted to bring a bottle of a nice bottle of Austin Hope. I like Austin Hope. Yeah. I think it's really, really good. Was it? It's like 30, 40 bucks that, a bottle. That, it's, it's probably about as good as an $80. I love that entry level. Napa is Cam. that another Paso? Austin uh, Hope? Yeah. I also, I'm also, I love Justin. I know it's like very basic bitch. Mm. I love uh, The Justin, love Justin cab is pretty it's, fucking it's legit. Pretty, it's pretty primo for it like in mid 20s. I prefer the Austin Hope, I think. Well, Austin Hope's a lot more expensive than Justin, though. Is it? Yeah. Well, there's a new Austin Hope. I don't know if it's new, but it's the entry level one, the $20, $25 one. They have a few I now. Love that one. Like, have you had a. It's just called Austin. Austin? Big, yeah, Austin's pretty good. Big, bold. They have big, another one called caps. Triana. Yeah, I've had Triana. That like is, Triana. I think, way better Triana's even than great. Austin. And that's only like 23, 24 bucks. Yeah. So, so in our yeah. in our original alcohol episode, you guys talked about old world wines. Yeah, this is not my jam. And then anymore. I went to I mean I love it. Thank so you. So I went to France and <laughs> I went to France and Italy. Well, I use Z Biotics now, so everything's gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll drink uh, anything. Yeah. So we went to France and Italy and I was like open to a whole new uh, reality of wine where I was like Dude, yeah. Like I don't like California wine gets a lot of credit actually these worldwide. days worldwide and I'm like I'm uh, under enthused this is good but I'm like I'm under enthused on like a like a more table wine level you know like anything in like Tuscany is good anything in like Loire Valley of France is good and it's like I think in in Paso and Napa it's like you got to find it because it's it's not all right. just good no it's right. not all good. No, it's it's not like where you go to France and if there's like a certain part of the hill in this region, just everything is incredible. But there's there's standards there's are just much higher. Yeah. But I I just I think it's like a taste question. Like 
it is so clear when a wine is old world or new world for me. Um, and I think for most people that have drank, I'm not trying to be like a wine guy here, but like I think you're you trying drink to be enough, a wine guy here. No, but I think even just like as an amateur, you said you the drink, word old world. You drink enough wine, and I put old world, new world in front of you ten times. After ten times, you'll know. Yeah, and you'll be like, you'll know which one you prefer. Like, yeah, you'll know I think which it'll you be, prefer. I think seven out of ten, you're gonna like the old world. In I don't know. Opinion. No, I, I think most subjectively, people you think it'll be prefer the big, bold, fruity, in-your-face, punchy nature of new world. So, speaking of big, bold, and fruity, old world is not for everybody. Have you, have you guys had Del Dotto? Yeah, I did. A, yeah. I went to a, my buddy invited Special me occasions. to a Del Dotto tasting on Monday night. Yeah. They're notorious for just... That's a casual Monday. Dude, like they, oh, wait, that's why you were so hungover oh, on Tuesday. Oh, that is why he was yes, hungover. Yes, that is why I was so hungover. They're, no Z-biotics. What I love about them is... So you go wine tasting at some places, and they they like, they like pour out a little shot glass or something, and they pour it in. And right. They, they, they're they notorious. Like you, you go to their little wine tasting thing in, uh, in Napa. Pours, you, man. Yeah, they, they do it out of the barrel. They like take a little dropper, and they get you just... Absolutely shit hand. Yeah. Everyone they gets love wasted it. there. Wait, where's Del Dotto based out of? And it is Napa. a very, very cool winery. It's like good. Go it's the like cave. the ultimate, like, juicy, big Napa thing. And It's good stuff. Yeah. They, I mean, These they are had, expensive bottles. Yeah, they so had, like, a free Napa thing on for their VIP people on Monday. And I have a buddy who buys wine for them, so he invited me. Thank you, Pablo. Um, and, and they just they just knocked us on our socks. And I was like, yeah, free thing. And obviously, it? I got drunk and bought wine. And I So I'm going up to Napa. I'm going up to Napa in two weekends with Mina. I'm going to need to get some recommendations from go you Go to guys. Del Dotto. Del Dotto. Yeah, definitely if you want to drink and have a really good time, go oh, to Del Dotto. It's a great time. I'm the type of guy that's into that kind of thing. Yeah, I've heard. <laughs> I've I heard. can see you there. You get the I mustache, I have a few too. more like under-the-radar ones, you know? But Napa's a shit show. It's going to be busy everywhere. I hate that. And it's... But you know what? Like, just go for it. Book a time at Del Dotto. Okay. So you get a proper experience, mm. but... Cool. There's so many. There's yeah, we so should many do, we should do a little Napa spiel at some point. I prefer Sonoma yeah, like and like Paso Robles and like. Napa's I haven't, just I haven't actually been to Paso yet. I'd like no. to go. I, I'm a big I like fan Santa of Barbara. Maybe the Santa Barbara is cool too. Yeah. It's like so nice that we can just drive to all those places. Right. Oh, love it. Okay. Uh, all right. So pivot back. Yeah. Thank you. So I was asking you about. <laughs> yeah, you're asking me about uh, coin or crypto, and then chest. yeah, I just talk about okay, Mr. Garrison and wine. So it is what it is. Catch, get, get, like, let's dive into this. Like, Binance. I mean, I mean, this is pretty concerning, and we've just been drinking and laughing the whole time. Like, this is a big deal. Yeah, it's, it's been a shaky, it's like, been a shaky like, week. And, and we've and we're like an hour in, and we're just bringing this up. So, like, I think we need to really. Well, I like that we didn't this. lead with it. Yeah. So it previous iterations of Alfalfa, we would have led with this. Right. Then now we're kind of leading with more fun shit, and then getting into the money. This is just like a an evolution of Alfalfa. It's an evolution, which I like. Yeah. Show me so, the way. Baby. So you want to talk about what happened real quick just to catch people up? Yeah, I mean, quick overview in markets uh, this week. So on the, the equity side, stocks have been kind of up only, but they're, they're looking shaky now. We I had sold a couple, Tesla today. Yeah, we had a couple days where you know, it doesn't look good. I'm, I, I think it's just going to be a pullback. We can talk about that later. But stocks don't look good. And then crypto really doesn't look good because on Monday, uh, SEC came out. Um, basically, it just launched all these charges against Binance, uh, world's largest crypto exchange. Um, <laughs> basically, just threw the book at them. Um, some of the stuff is not good, no matter how you spin it. Uh, I mean, they came out and declared 
uh, Solana, ADA, Sand, like a whole bunch of tokens, outright securities. Uh, said Binance was wash trading, basically just driving up the price of coins artificially, um, commingling user funds. They had some literal quotes from, I, I think, Telegram messages that they got somehow, and some of them are funny slash sad. Like, the quote, we're literally operating an unregistered securities exchange, bro. <laughs> that's the internal that's, messaging. That's not what you want in your uh, your internal filing there. Um, so, so oh, yeah, but we we dumped hard on the the Binance news on Monday, obviously, and then Tuesday, uh, SEC also came out and announced that they were suing Coinbase. Uh, oh yeah, dropped a bunch of allegations, charges on Coinbase. We dumped initially, and then like mega railed. Actually, we just came all the way back up, erased the whole gains. Uh, but then today, the market, I think, had some second thoughts, and we redumped. Uh, and ETH has done pretty well, actually. ETH's probably one of the best-performing coins in the market. Bitcoin, a little less so. But then stuff like Solana, uh, ADA, I heard that Robinhood may, might be like delisting stuff like Cardano because um, they don't want to deal with that. So really? ADA, ADA got absolutely destroyed. Solana was down like 9 10% at one point today. Uh, Matic, which was also named explicitly. So a lot of these kind of mid-tier, kind of high-cap crypto coins just absolutely annihilated uh, right now. And I would say ETH and Bitcoin are hanging on by a thread. Resilient. Resilient in the face of Resilient, all this. Resilient. Um, but on, 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 like, they're like on the cliff with like one, one hand up there. And that kind of everybody, like I Sylvester's think, is... Still on? Yeah, it is. It is. Sylvester would. It is. It is crawl actually, back up. I don't know if he's going to crawl back. It's cliffhanger right now. Cliffhanger <laughs> for sure. Um, Sly could do it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, Gary Gary Gensler has been doing the rounds on uh, all the CNBCs and everything, and he he's he's gaslighting like nobody's business. He's I don't know if you guys have you guys like yeah. watched the stuff he's I don't saying. Know, he's just, he's yes. a toad. Yeah. He's yeah, like, I've been watching uh, this toad. He's I like, have been he's watching. like, uh, he's I don't like, know what that means, but I like it. it just I think it's accurate. Oh, just, he fits. He has like toad. the most, the most punchable of faces. There's something about his face that is so perfectly like he. J- it's just politics, man. Uh, all these motherfuckers. I'm sorry. All, all these people, <laughs> man. Like it's just grinds my gears. Well, dude, it's we, all bullshit. I think like it's all bullshit. You and I have talked about this outside of the podcast. We we've talked this about the looming war it's here bro and this to me signifies declaration the declaration of war absolutely and here we are and like so like well what did we see before this because like coinbase already saw that obviously saw this coming sure and they've made these statements being like we're trying to be compliant we're trying to have these meetings we're trying to submit what is necessary we're not getting the response necessary we're not getting the guidance necessary they keep putting the blame back on the sec I don't know how accurate that is, and I also don't know how accurate what the SEC is. I don't know who's telling the truth, but what I do know is that it's war. Yeah. Coin- Coinbase is telling the truth. I, I believe mean, Coinbase is telling, telling the truth. They are telling the truth. That's why he's literally he's gaslighting Gary right now. He's, he's, he's on TV and in these filings saying, like, there's a procedure for registering. You just got to come to us and blah, blah. Well, the and reason then, like, I agree with that is because if I had to pick one that's corrupt, it's... It is. Guys. It's not Coinbase. But I'm I'm specifically remembering, and I think you would also remember this conversation that we had in Seattle at this cabin with yeah. David Hoffman. Everyone was asleep it. except for you and I. We stayed up till like wee hours in the morning talking about, talking the, about the war that's coming. 
And talk about this conversation of what's coming that we felt like we don't talk about enough on this pod and we don't talk about it. Like no one's talking about and it. We were like, we're just constantly talking about which number's going up. Yeah. But we're not talking about this like clear, obvious existential threat. And the fact that it doesn't matter whether Bitcoin or Ethereum or Cardano or Fuckcoin is better. What matters is this entire coin, industry <laughs> or come yeah. rocket. It's this also entire industry coin. versus the SEC. And and all the participants the powers that be. all the participants within the industry are infighting yes. amongst each other, not fighting the actual war. And now yes. the war is on our shores. Okay. I and think the only ones who are infighting is like, I think the Bitcoiners. No, like every, the, the maxis are the main ones no. within themselves. No, no, no. They, they, everybody is united wait, against wait, wait, wait. Gary right now, except this, this, these kind of like 2021, like new Bitcoiner maxis who are like, ha told you your security. And like, 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 like he's not going to come for them next, you know, like and I, it's like this, this, that might be true. That might be true, but I think we're like missing. Well, who do you think is infighting? The forest for, I think we're missing the forest for the trees. Actually. I don't actually care who's infighting. Like what I want to talk about really is that when you get into war, war gets bloody. It it turns into a massacre and like it doesn't actually matter who's in fighting. Like this is going to get fucking ugly for all parties. And I don't think that it's time. Like this is this is my take. I don't think it's time to like think about who's in fighting. I don't think it's time to think about like I think it's time to just like dig in. It's like time to batten down the hatches. I think what Eric is saying what I also believe and what I'm agreeing with is like I, I hear you that like when Gary and the SEC is taking these actions it causes unity it's like if the aliens show up finally everyone stops fighting on this planet and comes together like of course any existential threat causes that but that's not what we're alluding to it's what happens before the aliens land what happens before Gary shows up there isn't enough collaboration. There isn't enough communication. There's constant, like, just this... It's an ego fest of who's going to be the winner. Right. We're better than you for this X, Y, or Z oh. reason. And we're saying that is having your eye off the ball. Like, that have is no, what's going to cause the collapse of the entire... I I, I, the, I have such a different take on this. Like, I, I, I hot, think come that... Hot. I think that the amount of collaboration in crypto between people who should be like absolute cutthroat and competitors is like actually incredible and it would never exist in like the normal free market. I, 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 I think there's a lot of that and I think we should acknowledge that. I think it's one of the cool and unique things about this this industry. Like you 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 have like you know, you have like a, you have like an arbitrum and an optimism who in like the you know, the normal world would be just absolutely tearing each other down in like a, you know, just some sort of like bloodthirst battle, but there's, there's, there's collaboration going on. It, it's been like a hallmark of crypto and I, I don't, I don't want to lose that. I, but we're not fighting a good fight. Like, well, what is there's happening? Well, I, I agree that we're not fighting a good fight against the government, but I don't know if I would agree that we're necessarily like in fighting okay, fine. that much. Fine. But if you really look at like what the deeper thing that I'm saying and we're saying is by not resolving and coming up with a clear strategy, we could lose. The we're entire I, thing I mean, here's, in here's, the United States could lose. The entire thing rests in the shoulders of Coinbase at this point. That's, yeah. that's, where, that's where it rests right now. And we 
as participants are trusting in Coinbase to win this fight. And like, I don't know what we right. as participants can do other than like emailing our congressman or whatever. But like, mm -hmm. I think when you get into war, like that's what it fucking takes. Like it takes everybody rallying around to fight back. Like, and there's no, yeah. there's no like leader to say like, hey, rally, let's all fight back. It's just, it's all fragmented. It's all kind of like shitty and it, it might not be infighting, but it's not united. So how do you think this plays out in general, not just for Coinbase, but, you know, as as this sort of plays out, like if things do not go swell in the United States, well, first of all, I don't know if it's about it going well or not, because on the other side of this argument is that this is finally causing the pressure to gain the clarity necessary for the market to move forward. Like this is this is like we the, need this guy. Okay, this is like Armon Leadership University. Have the hard conversations. Maybe that's what's happening. And like ultimately, they have to be had. You know, you have to have the hard conversations. But we've and been putting maybe them Gary off. Gary was gaslighting, and maybe these things were happening. Maybe Coinbase did do its best attempt, and maybe Big Dog SEC was like, "We don't want to play it on your terms. We're going to do it on our terms the way we want to, and come slap you as we like." and be in the position of leverage. Fine, fine, fine. But if that's true, this could just lead to greater guidance, greater clarity, and things could become very good for the crypto market on the other side of it. This was a necessary conversation, ultimately. Oh, yeah. I mean, no one knows what the fuck anything means in this market. No one has any guidance whatsoever. So, but I, I, I think I see the positives. What you sure. were sort of alluding to is like, well, how do you play it yeah. in the interim? Like, how I'm playing it is like, I do not want to be Sylvester Stallone hanging on by one arm and, and like having optimism there. Like I would rather, you know, have my bungee cord rappelling down, you know, I, so are you exiting your ETH BTC positions? I have like my forever bag that will be forever, but you know what? Like I'm, uh, I'm pessimistic on all the coins, which, which I think spits in the face of Steven's takes, uh, leading up to all this. So like, I think it'd be interesting to hear from both of us. My my general feel on this is I, I feel like a lot of people are like, this is war and war is just beginning. And like, my gut is that this isn't the start of a war. This is sort of like the last kind of like Hail Mary being thrown out there. Like, I, I feel like the last thing they've wanted to do forever is to actually go to court and have some sort of final decision and regulatory clarity. And like the fact that they're doing this now, I, I, I feel like, it, especially given that it seems like they're going to lose the Ripple case, I, I don't know. I, I, I see desperation. I, I think it's important to kind of zoom out and ask, like, why is Gary doing this, right? That's what I'm wondering. Why did clarity need to be provided in this way that feels like an act of war? Why was it not provided when it was asked for? Because Why the goal was it not of Gary Gensler manner? is not to provide clarity. The goal of Gary Gensler is to carry out the sort of whatever, like the, the desires of the people who put him in power. It's not to yes. 
give people like Gary Gensler was not protecting me when he tanked my Coinbase stock by 23% overnight the other day. He's not protecting investors. He wasn't protecting by anybody. Coinbase go public FTX and then like blowing anything, up their you know, investment. Like, he, like he that's all nothing bullshit. to protect that's anybody. All, it's all complete bullshit. Like he does not exist to protect investors. He exists to advance the interests of the donors who put him in power. Who were the donors who put him in power? Probably a bunch of Wall Street people. Like these Proud people fire. are not like the Jamie Diamonds of the world. They're not. They're not stupid. Like I, I don't think Jamie Diamond is sitting there thinking like, oh, the dollar's great and it will always be the so dollar. And, like banks are going to corruption, forever. right? If I had you to know? pick one who's more corrupt, so, does that not ever just make you guys? I don't know. Like just feel awful <laughs> and nihilistic about crypto. You can feel that way. You can just say like, look, it is what like, it is. That's the way the world is. Yeah. That's the it way the world is. is, but it's very unfortunate. Right, but like crypto is like a is like an out to that. This is like our mechanism to fight back. I think I think that's like the that is the citizens out. This I think this is sort of like an admission here that sure that's what they're, the they're losing. They, if they the powers they can control the ramps, and if they the powers can control like ultimately a stable coin, like a a USDC sort of like CBDC, yeah. then like, will we ever have a chance? And is this all... Yeah, isn't that supposed to come in July or something? I don't, will this I don't, all just I think be... it's a Balaji talking point or Balaji or whatever. I, like I said, I don't think he's wrong. I think his he was an over-inflammatory, hyperbolic... He was extremely wrong. Attention. The price of Bitcoin, I can tell you, is, is not very close to a million dollars, unfortunately, for my portfolio. Uh, yeah, I mean, the way he... There's two things. There's the content of message and the delivery. He I think was wrong about million dollar Bitcoin. He was, he was wrong about, about if Balaji was a trader, nobody at the prop firm would be like, no, he's directionally correct. He lost all of the money because his timing was off by nine years. No, but like, I actually he was don't even correct. think he's directionally correct. I think what he's saying, <laughs> he, he got the result wrong. But everything that he said was correct. But what he got wrong is no what everything the resulting, he said. Was, uh, oh God, I don't want to I mean, like, this though. Every, <laughs> like everything underneath, like all the examples are correct. What that means as a result is incorrect. I don't know who he was talking to because, like, I don't know if he captured any new audience because everybody that's ever been in crypto already sees exactly what he sees. Right. Like, so it, it it's not a new message. I think he's only like I think his message only reached. Crypto people, I wonder if it no, reached no, no, anybody no. outside. I definitely got texts from non-crypto people. So I that mean, got a lot of. Attention. And I wonder if that, that actually thing was huge. I wonder if it burned them because they bought Bitcoin oh, high and now it's like lower. Oh, and of course, it burned those people more than anything. Well, the new people, yeah. The, yeah. So does that uh, affect the desired outcome that he was intending? You know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that the biology thing is yeah. Look, there, there, there's some intersection here between the Balaji thing and the SEC thing, I think. I, I think there is a realization by powerful entities that there is this sort of, like, changing tide, that the current system is, like, on its last leg. There's a regime shift about to happen. And powerful players who are smart are not going to fight to deny the shift entirely. They're going to fight to position themselves to be in, like, a advantageous situation when that shift occurs right so i don't think like wall street is trying to like deny crypto via gensler and just like totally kill it and turn it to zero and then like the dollar will reign supreme forever i don't think anybody with a brain thinks that but i do think that there are interests who think that they can handicap it that they can maybe harness it control it 
capture it to a certain extent, delay stuff to the point where they can kind of get their their, their mitts and stuff. And and I think it is tied. What about to closing the stuff ramps? Talking about. Do you think there's part of that happening? Yeah, like I think closing of the ramps right is a way to suffocate the existing players sort of a trump card you yeah, know like if, and they have that if you're a u.s citizen what okay do you do? so so can we get into this now because here's how i see the war playing out i think this is interesting because like if, if the war is on our shores let's talk about the war here's what i perceive to be the the near future and you know what i would i think this is going to be good fodder for steven because he's like taking the opposite side of this maybe he doesn't here's what i see what I see is this. We've had six months of up only. You know, this is like NASDAQ, crypto, et cetera. We have, we have like high prices on a relative basis to where we were before. We have um, a new war that's on our shores. We have uh, liquidity that's supposed to come out of the Fed. We have like a bunch of bear case scenarios that like leads me to believe that price is going to go dramatically lower. Like I cannot, like I can't find a reason to be bullish other than everyone sees bearish. That's like, <laughs> that's my only, yeah. that's like the only feather in my cap right now. And for me, like I want to get short so bad. I'm just scared of stepping in front of a train. But mm. all I see right now is like this train is going to reverse. What do you think, Steve? I just, I just have like the complete opposite viewpoint now. Like, yeah. I think the AI bubble is just starting. I think there will be a pullback. Like I've been saying, like we're probably gonna get a pullback. This happens a lot in bubbles. You get some big sell-off, right? They don't just go up. You get some nasty sell-off. Like if it was it easy, if it was as easy as like these tiny dips that you just buy into and you go up and you ten extra money. Like everybody would do it and there would be no opportunity there. But what happens is you get these nasty sell-offs. You get a bunch of I told you so's, like the bears come out, the narrative gets really strong again, but then everything just goes up. Like I, I think AI is just getting started. I think crypto is sort of just getting started. I think crypto is interesting because there is this divide right now that we haven't seen before where good coins are going up and bad coins are going down. Or we're so used to crypto just being this, like, everything goes up or everything goes down. And then when everything goes up, you want to just buy the, the dumbest shit possible. And when everything goes down, you just want to buy cash. God, I hope you're right. I you know? hope you're right because I live in a world where I like to long, good, short, bad. This is, this is like, my ideal trade. But, I, man, I just think that, like, I don't think that, ETH is going to go higher. I, like, I, I just don't see who's left to freaking sell ETH at this point. Like, we've just liquidated everybody. Nobody is here except crypto natives. Right. We're burning more of it every single day. People are selling their shitty coins that are going down that have, like, 11% annualized inflation That's for, true. like, the, the good coin. And more like, and more. Both are correct. I see both of those as correct. I just don't see where the... the I'm not the, saying the, it's not going to go down, right? Like, I just I don't think see the demand coming in. In there is built-in structural demand problem. for ETH, though. Like that's the beauty of it, right? It is just programmed to go up at this point. Like unless you show me, like that developer activity is dead, the usage is dead. Or, like, but like, that's not the case. Like I see a lot of exciting stuff 
when I look at it now, I see people innovating. Oh, I got a, I got a reason for demand to be dead. Okay, so we were talking about this. We were alluding to this the entire time. So, like, Binance gets sued by the SEC. Uh, they just uh, today announced they're going to delist all mm-hmm. of their trading pairs uh, on Canadian exchanges. Like, in, in Canada, you can't trade any trading pairs. Uh, now, in the United States, can't trade any of their trading pairs. Okay, what's next? I think Coinbase is going to follow suit. Mm-hmm. You know, like... If you can't trade this shit, you know, this this reminds me of like when GameStop closed the trade. It's right. like right. you know, I I think that it's like if you can't trade it, then and right. These majority of people that are left, they make their trades on Coinbase. They don't they don't use Uniswap. No, you guys are you guys are so off on this. Like this stuff is bullish for ETH. The whole point of this thing existing is that it creates this like framework for people to in a trustless way deploy decentralized apps to do things permissionlessly the more the powers that be like close off the centralized control the more it validates the use case for the entire protocol and everything built on it to exist in the first place in a world where we trust all of the third parties and we're good and nobody has any problems with them why the fuck do we need decentralized technology? Like, we're just making things more complicated. No, Nothing I, I, you said is wrong, but I just don't see how that helps your argument. Okay, no. I, what I see... Look at, like, the, here's, a, here's a very narrow example. Like, look at the price of, like, decentralized, like, trading protocols, like, perps, exchanges, when Binance goes... They don't go down, they go up, because it's driving more users to this. They go, like, oh, I actually do need this use case. Sure, if they were already aware of it and in crypto and native. So what I see is more along the lines of like, I've had these conversations with the four of us before where I'm I'm on the other side of the table and I'm saying like, hey, well, the fundamentals suggest this. And Stephen would tell me like, your fundamentals don't mean shit in the near term. And, and that's how I feel my response is right now. It's like, okay, so yes, these... Uh, sanctions and lawsuits or whatever should support the fundamentals of DeFi, but like in the near term, all it's going to do is just remove liquidity from the system and li- removing liquidity from the system is bring, okay. bring prices lower. Your argument, th- there was a point where we were we were sitting around with David like a year ago and he was like, the merge is coming, this is coming, this is coming and I was like, yeah, the none of this of the century, I was like, was- none of this fucking matters it's just down only right now but does- at a certain point in time Everything does nuke. Everybody does sell. The merge does happen. A year of flows do reverse. Like at a certain point in time, fundamentals do. Like I, I agree. Like stuff's not gonna happen tomorrow. But we are, we are on multiple years of government kind of overreach right now. We are many months past all of the leveraged players blowing up and all that structural sell demand being gone and prices are uh 40% higher than they were at that point. Yeah, and like we're also you also have to not underrate the internal flows. I do agree the external flows are a problem right now. Like the money flowing into crypto is I think a problem. Like there's no metric you look at where there is more money flowing into crypto right now. I totally agree. But we're sort of in a stock picker's market which has never really existed in crypto. It's all just been nonsense forever. I don't think that's going to be the case forever. 
And right now, a lot of the existing liquidity in crypto, and there is a lot of existing liquidity, is flowing into Ethereum. It is flowing into projects that are useful, right? And price drives narrative. Like eventually, as more money flows into ETH, as ETH keeps printing higher highs while everything goes down, as the the burn keeps happening, there's less ETH day by day, as like staking yield keeps being like five, six percent, and price trickles up or at least remains static, eventually people are gonna go, huh? And then that money will flow in and then price will go up and that will be get more flows. Like we have to think about these things, I think, like ahead of when they happen to a degree. And I, I, I totally agree with you that it, it's completely plausible that we could nuke from here. Of course, it's of course it's possible. Can I bring up uh, a bit of an alpha alpha round that Stephen brought uh, to me within the last week, which I think bears sharing? This is amazing. Yeah. Okay. So if if you're like price agnostic, right? The idea here is. Own STETH long, short ETH on DYDX. Is that right, Stephen? You can, you can like go deeper on that. Yeah, like there's a tremendous opportunity to just buy spot LSTs like STETH or just stake ETH. You have a built-in five percent yield, and then the the basis for longing ETH on perps has been positive in the neighborhood of like ten percent. So. If you buy spot and you short perps, you collect 5% on the spot, and then you collect 10% being on the short side, the opposite side of that on the perp. So you effectively have a So you're, you, have a del- you have a delta neutral position yielding 15%. So this is stable coin, essentially. This is a stable coin yielding 15%. It's better than T-bills. It's better than a stable coin yield. This is, this is like the best, essentially, like stable coin or like T-bill yield you can get on earth and and to me this is the right play and like this will like you know obsolete anything that steven and i've argued about today it's like you can you can be like non-directional collect 15 percent, and chill yeah the amount of money that exists in the world that is just chasing yield is, is like astronomical and right now is probably the worst it will ever be for eth like i don't think short-term rates are going to go that much higher than they are right now i think it's possible that they well, do you know people thought that canada had paused they, they had paused for four months canada just raised rates another quarter quarter point today and that's what sent the nasdaq down today well i i actually have another thing i want to talk to you about that's kind of related to that when we move off of this that i think is kind of interesting um but before we do that, like I, I do think there's going to be a point in time, and I think we probably all agree, where like rates go back down again. Maybe we go back down to ZERP or one percent or sure, something. Sure, ultimately that's that's then, like uh, where it's all going. Eventually, it has. Like to. if we're building out all of this infrastructure to support like staked ETH and like delta neutral ETH staking and all this stuff, where people can sort of gain exposure to this asset class and collect the yield. It's going to cause a ton of money to flow in to grab that yield until the price just goes up and so much staked ETH happens that like eventually that yield kind of equalizes at a point that kind of merits being at, at some sort of equilibrium with, you know, T-bill, TradFi type products. Um, there's There'll be some additional risk premium, of course, but there, there's there's a lot of capital that is is chasing that that is not 
in this this ecosystem right now. And so I, you I think, think that would not lose sight that, that would attract flows into crypto, pushing crypto prices higher. Is, is your thesis? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I and I think like you're you're also seeing stuff like like MakerDAO, who you know they make they make die. Um, make die, you know, but yeah, but, yeah. Um, die yield went up to like three and a half. Yeah, die is incorporating. Uh, this is like a big thing in crypto now. This incorporation of uh, RWAs. We need to. That's a terrible acronym, but uh, real world assets. Um, we're starting to bring them on chain. Uh, Maker is doing this with treasury bills. They're basically passing the yield of treasury bills through to die, and that's interesting because it puts like a floor of yields in DeFi. Like if you can yeah. get three and a half percent just by holding DAI, then when you go borrow stable coins on a protocol like Aave or something, the rate you're borrowing at should be above that. Otherwise everybody would just be buying DAI and collecting that. at three and a half percent. So to your point, like my, my thought is like, that's badass for people who are already in the crypto blockchain ecosystem. But like, Anyone who's outside of that ecosystem exactly. can get a higher yield already outside of that. So why bring money in? Also, so it's, it's to not going to attract that purchases. It's not going to attract new money in. I so can't. Like, I can't count people on my so hand to like, that can do that. To bring prices higher, it takes new liquidity. Well, if the yield of ETH is like five percent, and we go it's, back to zero, the yield of ETH is lower than a T bill, and you have risk right now. Yes, it is now, but this is like a very temporary thing. It's a very temporary. I mean, thing. the 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 amount of stakers is going higher only. So, like the yield of ETH and, and is you going have, lower only. You also have only. to consider the amount of people who are. Th there's a lot of money out there who, at a certain point, is going to say, "Hmm, I need to get exposure to this asset class." Is there sort of like an index of everything that I can buy? There totally is no better you. index than ETH. And then they're going to go, "Oh, it's got a built-in dividend, effectively." on it rad they i don't uh, care about being delta neutral i That's totally to agree demand, with you, you know? but timing matters you got to admit the timing matters i do admit the timing matters but we're a year on out from like just absolute nuke town like 800 prices and we're six months the out from nasdaq a 40 percent rally nasdaq dude. is up 38 percent like yeah at, we're six months out from a 48 percent 40 at what rally. point are you going to be like actually this is a bull market like Nasdaq up fifty percent, sixty percent, seventy percent. Like when will you be like, wait a minute, is this a bull market? That is that is the question for me. You know, like we have we have like two big questions, you and I. The question for me is like when do I recognize bull market? And the question for you is like, are you buying some just like local recovery and it's just gonna Well fortunately I've been buying since last summer and low amount because I, I one of the lessons I've learned in my short but painful investing career is that never bet everything on one scenario. Like even if you are so sure that this is the way the world is, this is what's going to happen, you do not allocate 100% of your portfolio to that. You have to allocate, maybe if there's like a, even a 30% chance that I'm wrong, which is really, really low. In reality, there's probably a minimum of 45% chance that I'm wrong if I'm like a God-tier investor. 45%. Like somebody like Stan Druckenmiller, right? What does he write? 55%? 60%? Yeah. Like the, the very best traders in the world are not right that much. And like there, there are sports bettors who are right 60%, and they make a very, very enormous 
living doing that, yeah, I'll be with a lot to, of volatility. I think you technically need to be right, like 59% of the time to even make a dollar yeah. in sports betting. If you could be right hmm. that frequently, like more than that, then markets would just be, like people would just be making trillions of dollars, like with no problem, right? So yeah. the edges are small. So as an investor, like you have to say like, okay, I don't think this is what's going to happen, but I like this asset class. It's down 80%. I'm long-term bullish. Maybe I'm wrong. Should I buy a dollar? Like, if I was like, Armand, will you buy a dollar of ETH at like eight ninety? You'd have been like, yeah, I'll buy a dollar. And I'd be like, okay, would you buy a hundred bucks, a thousand bucks, five thousand? And there'd probably be a point where you're like, all right, yeah, well, yeah, I'll buy five thousand bucks. Right? But you like, should buy that because you might be wrong about the thesis. It's gonna like, we're like driving in circles because like what what we're talking about is like so many different time frames. Because here's Here's what the truth is between like me and Steven is that like he has a short time frame than me, I have a longer one, but I also play in short time frame scenarios for trades, right? So like mm -hmm. I sold my biggest bag of ETH at like 3200 and now it's at 1800. Am I mad about that? No. Am I like mad that I didn't buy at 900 then it went to 800? Of course I'm like wish I would have bought that, but like I sold it at 32, like am I mad? I'm fine. You know? Um but then like within that, you know, I'm I have like short term trades, options trades that I'm like straddling and like I'm like trying to play it, you know, within that. And those are completely different goals and agendas. You know, for me at eighteen hundred ETH, like am I like really trying to like buy this level? I, I I'm not. I don't care. You know, like and, and well, for, why don't you care? Well, because I, I think it's gonna go lower and like why? For all the reasons I suggested, liquidity uh, the fact that it's rallied 40% in the last six months, um, the fact that we have all the trading volume leaving Binance and Coinbase, like, these are obvious to me. Okay, why do you think that the NASDAQ is up, like, it's probably up, like, 20% since liquidity started ticking down, and everybody and their well, mother right now is saying, like, oh, the TGA, the TGA is going to get filled, and... Yeah, I don't think liquidity has tr has ticked down at all. It has a lot. Like no. global liquidity no, has ticked down not considerably. At all. No, of course it I has. mean, of course it we're has. talking about that in an encumbered version, but then they just injected four hundred billion into it. They injected four hundred billion into it at the time. I'm giving you non-adjusted. No, no, they're going. Okay, to so the balance sheet is going to go lower. I think the TGA is going to go higher. Okay, so here's an important distinction, right? Like, and this is going to be like kind of wonky so we'll i guess we'll just go over it very quickly everybody is saying right now okay we got through the debt ceiling disaster what that means is that janet yellen is going to issue a bunch of debt and because she's going to issue a bunch of debt a bunch of money is going to come out of the system they're going to buy these bonds and that's going to effectively like drain money out that might have otherwise yoloed into into stuff but there, there's like a weird nuance here right because like before there was like a there was a discount to the reverse repo facility, the Fed's overnight facility where banks just park cash and get free money and treasury bills. Right. So there was no reason to buy treasury bills like it yielded literally lower than the RRP. Now there's like a premium to that. If money comes out of the RRP and buys the T-bills, that's actually... A liquidity Neutral injection or like slightly positive so that this is like a weird corner case that can happen that would make this sort of 
prediction everybody's making and the rp is fucking huge i agree like i i get that as like a a possible case but like my my base case is like looking at what the bank of canada did today which had previously paused their rate raises and then they said look economy's running too hot we're gonna keep raising that happened today like, do you think Canada is like a okay a one-off? I'm glad you mentioned that because I want to throw a idea out there that I've been thinking about lately. Okay, that kind of throws a wrench in all of this if it's true. Like, we've all been walking around with this very basic thought in our head that when the Fed raises rates, it cools off the economy. It slows like economic activity and brings down inflation. What if that's not true? What if the opposite is actually true? With a hot take. Right? So here's how this works, right? We, we, we've heard about, like, uh, government deficit spending and how government deficit spending boosts GDP, right? And there's not really any argument that government deficit spending doesn't boost GDP. The argument comes from kind of the Austrian side that, like, well, is this actually productive is this right. some vanity metric does this actually create lasting value yeah i think the austrian side looks at the roi of it not that it the absolute value because of course it boosts gdp yeah so this is what like we did during the new deal right the yeah. government just started shoveling out cash people's pockets paying them to dig holes and fill them back up again so in a world where the government has a trillion dollar budget and the interest expense in the bottom line is say like $10 billion. If you triple the interest expense and make it 30 billion out of a trillion, it doesn't really matter. The, the budget doesn't increase that much. In a world where the deficit is a trillion dollars and the interest expense is a hundred billion dollars, and then you increase it by seven times, and now the interest expense is $700 billion. That's massive. What you've just done now is massively increased government expenditure, deficit spending. And when the government is paying interest in bonds and T-bills, sure, China holds some of those. Like We talk about that a lot. The largest holders of bonds are United States citizens. So you're saying it's it's almost like a stimulus where we get some leakage out to uh, the other international holders, but it is like a stimulus to the primary holders, which are U.S. citizens. Yeah, so th there's actually multiple points to this. So point number one, when you jack the interest rate from 0% to 5.5%, you are now forcing the government to dramatically increase the deficit because the ratio of debt to GDP is really high, which means the ratio of interest expense is like actually pretty high. And all that money is just going into the bank accounts of probably people like you and me. Like, do, do you have bonds? Like I have bonds. Like sure do we all hold bonds and we're like, oh sweet. I went from making zero dollars a month on my cash to like thousands of dollars a month on and my like cash. more importantly it goes to the old people who are the voters. Like that that's like what they actually care about. So that's point number one. Like, we're basically injecting a bunch of stimulus to rich people who hold assets. Point number two is that when you increase interest rates, you do limit, like, credit expansion and borrowing in the economy. If you're a business, Armand, and you need to fund a bunch of new goods because you have demand, 
and the interest rates go up from zero to seven percent. Now you're like, um, that's kind of a lot. I'm not going to fund all that. And what do you do? You produce fewer goods so you constrain the supply of goods, which makes the price of the goods go up. But because you've started it's injecting really all this money into the economy, the population is actually able to sustain and support that higher price of goods. So inflation goes up and then it's sustainable. And then what does the Fed do? They go, well, inflation's pretty high. We gotta raise rates again. So they they give the rich people more money, they further constrain the supply of goods and prices go up. And then like I feel like you actually get into this scenario where you actually like overheat the economy accidentally. You keep you think you're fighting inflation, but you're actually driving inflation higher and just juicing more money into the economy. And I wonder if like this whole thing we've gotten it completely wrong. Um, if anybody wants to listen, like uh, Jack Farley does forward guidance. It's a good um, podcast with uh, I think it's Warren Mosley. He's an MMT guy, which I know a lot of people hate. And I That's think it's a it, super it, hot take. Worthy of some criticism. I got a piece so I think bad. it's perspective oh, worth considering. I needed considering. to talk to you about something. No, I have to go so bad. Oh, I needed to talk to you. I can't. I can't. Steven's yeah. not going to care. All about right, this. Arma. Well, do you have any? Uh, do you have any takes on whether interest rate hikes are stimulative? <laughs> I'm just kidding. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, I do. I do have takes on all of it, but I've got some requests. Um, Let's go to the chat. What do we got? I've got some requests. Uh, I didn't want you to see it. Actually. Oh no. Yeah, I had uh, a task that I was. Uh, uh, tasked with i just um, i just i i, I, I want about, to i was about to put this what do you call these things that's uh, an allen wrench allen wrench in your pocket i was about to walk over to you and put this in your pocket but then you looked at the chat and it just can i just tell you how funny. happy it makes me feel to sit there and deliver what i think is like very interesting new alpha completely new way of looking at the world your investments it was okay and then i look to the chat and everybody's just talking about my pocket and nobody well, cares. And I go, you can thank he, me he, for that. <laughs> you know, why do I? Why do I bother? Maybe, um, maybe what I have like to say is just not that Alan wrench I've ever held, though. <laughs> this is like an Allen wrench for. Uh, what do they say in um, in um, what's that Will Ferrell movie? Zoolander. This is like a school for ants. School for ants. This is like an Allen wrench for ants, dude. I mean that. This is like the tiniest that Allen wrench Allen is wrench the size of nine thousand I think. Used. Was this for this table? This table was a bust. I need a better. Table. No, don't tell like them that. That table is made of solid gold. I like audience. it, but I, I want, I want, I want real. Um, so what I do want to transition <laughs> to. Sorry, Alan Bryce said Allen wrench. Did somebody Le ring? Allen wrench. <laughs> did somebody ring? Oh my god! You guys are fucking. Funny. I think it was called forward guidance, Max. Yeah, forward um, guidance. Yeah. So, um, oh, I almost put this in my mouth. So I want to talk about the Saudis taking over. Oh, yeah, Saudis. They're bidding. And we need to move not because for I Bitcoin. also need to talk about aliens. Oh, like, my God. I deliver. forgot we're supposed to talk about aliens. Yeah, we've got a lot of shit to talk oh, about. Jesus. You guys went macro for an hour. I'm sorry. I was trying okay. to get people to not so the Saudis, sell all their shit. So let me give some context here. So I'll start with the golf and then talk about the soccer. So first of all... Um, I don't know if I'm the best person to explain this. You might actually know a little more about the deal. But Live Golf. Do you know about Live Golf? Yeah, the Saudi look to, to very high level this. The Saudis came in, they basically created their own PGA tour. 
and then they offer a bunch of PGA golfers gigantic checks. Like, like, unheard of. Like, Phil, here's $100 million in this sick private jet to fly everywhere. Right. Come play. And Phil, obviously, like, if you know Phil, he was like, absolutely, goodbye, and just, like, left. But then some people were like, mm, I don't know. This is ruining this the feels sport. Wrong. This and they is didn't different. Do it. Yeah. So there's a lot to explore here in terms of just, like, what is it the Saudis are up to? On the one hand, that's one of my questions. Like, is this nation building? Why are they specifically investing in sport? Um, that's that's one side of it. The other side of it is, is it wrong? Is it okay? Does it ruin the sanctity of these sports? Football, I'm talking about soccer, and I will be talking about soccer, but I'll be calling it football. You know, football and, um, and golf specifically are getting injected with billions of dollars i mean we're talking about billions of dollars so now that eric's back in the room this is what i want to say hmm. Lionel andres messi the goat the goat of all goats la pulga turned down at the last minute the saudis offered him a total contract value with all in 1.9 billion no 1.9 1 billion dollars all in a yeah. $400 million per year salary. They that. upped it. No, excuse me. They upped I thought it, it was from... 1.9. No, they, they offered him a, no. a half a billion a year. Half a billion a I year all in, in salary. Everything I mean, total. God knows what all in could mean if they... Yeah, it, was, yeah. it, was it, a, it, it, it was a shit fuck ton of money. It's the most yeah. money that any athlete has ever been offered times yeah. like 10. I think it's Maybe a, times five would be fair. I think his agent and he turned it down is yeah. what i want to say Ooh. he turned it down this morning yeah saw that and decided to go to the last place team in the mls owned by david beckham so inter miami i know and you that's have, where he's going so i know you have takes on this um my immediate thought was like looking back at the pga right yeah so those guys John Rahm and Rory exactly McIlroy that. or whatever those guys turned down the the live golf offer and they turned down 400 million, 400, whatever it was, your billion, whatever it was, million dollars. Some of them turned down like many eight figures. Yeah. Eight a figures. Lot, like a lot of money. Okay. A lot and, of money. And for their loyalty to the PGA, you know what they got? Nothing. Because right now the PGA is merging with Live Golf and it's just going to be one league all over again. They got again. nothing. So they would have had a couple years of like of great, just being great earnings. Yeah. And now they're back to exactly where they <laughs> That's were. That's not what's going to happen with so soccer. So my, my thought with, with Messi was like, okay, you have this great offer. No, soccer doesn't work that way. No, hold on. You, you turn down this great offer to go play an MLS Miami and then you'll like ultimately own MLS Miami. But it's like with a billion dollars or a half a billion dollars, whatever he's offered, the guy could like own outright MLS Miami. The guy could like own. He could already do that. So it's the, not about the money. So my point is, don't turn down the money. I think he's making a huge blunder. You're only right if it was about the money. But he's making a huge blunder because at the end of the day, money does matter. It's like what his end result. Money might, matters if your goal requires that amount of money. But his end result might mean I want to own Inter Miami. I want to like. Who said yeah. he wants to do that? I don't know what he wants to do, but do you think that it would help him to have an extra billion? Probably. Only if the goal that he had in mind for his life required that capital. Whatever goal he has in his life, it you would be... You think Messi couldn't call up somebody and be like, just fund this? And I, or put up like most of it himself? Well, he would put all of it himself if he had an extra billion. So what? But that's not his goal. He's not that guy. 
I think he's just making a huge blunder, the same way that John Rahm and Rory McIlroy made a blunder. No, you're calling. No, 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 no. Let's get into this. The blunder that those guys made, that John Ram made, for example, is completely different because that's like saying the MLS merged with um, Serie A in Spain or with uh, the French League or the German League. That's never going to happen. That doesn't happen in soccer. These different countries and these different leagues, they're all prestigious in their own right. Now, they're all <laughs> different levels. The MLS of like, is prestigious? No. I mean, not in the grand scheme of like, it's getting more prestigious over time. Like, it's getting, like, this is going to be huge for the MLS. San Diego's getting a team, Sacramento's getting a team. Like, the MLS is continuing to build. This is a 20 year project that is just continuing to build. Dude, the MLS is going against 200 years of history. In Italy, in Germany, in Spain, in England, and of like, course, it's not going to happen. And of course, for so America is Saudi Arabia. So exactly. is Saudi Arabia. Exactly. Wait, hold up. And can, my point is, can we, can we zoom out to the like the point here that, you, that, that, that there's a point you're okay. like he's so let me let giving me up a billion dollars and that's useful. Let me get to and, let me get to my like overarching point of all this is that like you're arguing that the money is worth everything. I I sort of am, and and let me get to my point. That is it would that give like you the leverage and at. Like, my point is not about Messi or individual players. My point is that, like, as spectators, we actually don't care where players play. We of wanna... course we do. No, stop. Of Wait, course what? we no, do. Stop. What? You're speaking as a non-fan. No. What? What, no. We, what we care about. No. Stop. What we care I about. I cried today if Messi sound for, no. signed for all illah. Just let me go. Let me go for a little bit. Fine. What we care about as spectators is that the best players play against each other. And it doesn't matter if it's in England or in Saudi or whatever, and we allow those players to play in a capitalistic market where they all go to where the money is. There's What's no the reason. Why, there's no reason why the NBA should be the best league on earth. If that was like the Serbian league, where all the best players go, we would watch that because that's all the best players playing against each other. What about the people showing up to the games? Nobody shows up to MLS. No, the people that show up to the NBA games that we, you're referring to. We show up because that's the spectacle that we go to watch. If it, if the spectacle was in England, then that would be like the Wait, spectacle to watch. Wait, are you arguing that all the best players are in like the Saudi league? No, my... my, my you're saying we don't care. You're saying no, fans don't my, care. That was what you said. What I'm saying is that the fans will watch the best players compete. If As long that's as they're playing the, against each other. That's the point. Okay. I disagree. You like, don't want to watch the best players compete against each other. <laughs> I think that everything you're saying is incredibly focused on a couple things. Number one, what's best for the players making the maximum amount of money to have the maximum amount of leverage to do what they need to do with their lives to buy the team they want or make the move they want, the business move they want. Secondly, your point was about the fans. The fans are agnostic as long as these great athletes play against each other. I disagree with both of those things. First of all, number one on the player. The player is playing for a pride, uh, playing for a club out of pride. These teams stand for a lot. They have history. Barcelona, Barcelona the club that Messi belonged to for like 18, 19 years, the saying is literally Mesque un club, more than a club. Like, there's deep history here. There's meaning. There's like ritual, tradition. These things matter. Then on the fan side, so like who they play for, their legacy, how it is shaped, their Wikipedia, their tombstone, like all of that really matters to these players. So, so many players choose 
legacy you're and only story. looking at the player you're not you're, you no, just no, no, said no, the I'm, player I'm on the player right now. Said, you didn't look at the I'm fan on the no no i'm on the i'm still on the player the player is going to choose oftentimes either to go for the money some of them do based on their personality disposition or they're going to go the route of like messi literally said today in his speech if it was about the money i would have gone to saudi arabia it's not about the money for me it's just not about the money for me. I don't care that you're missing my point. My point is all we want as a spectator is to watch the best players compete. Well, your first point was that the athlete No, is you wrong. stuck on that point. I, I thought that Messi was wrong for not taking the money. Right. But my real point can, was can that I, can I spectators want audience, to watch. Let me hit the fans thing. And then, uh, yeah. The fans <laughs> do care about the team. We do care about our teams. We do care about our leagues. We do care about what country or team people play for. Because... How can I support... Um, you support Barcelona. You live in San Diego. But I've supported Barcelona since I was eight years old. Because you've never lived in Barcelona. Why, why Barcelona would you love Barcelona? Times. Because my dad was a huge fan. I'm from Barcelona. Jersey. Well, that's just such a ridiculous thing to say. <laughs> that's such a stupid thing to say. Why no, it's who lived what in New you York, said is exactly what I'm countering. New, that's like saying, like, uh, you know, I live in New York, but my dad, who told, who's from Kansas, told me we should support Kansas, and I've been a Kansas fan since I was five years old. I'm not allowed to support Kansas? You I can support to, uh, Kansas if you want. This is insane. You, as a huge sports fan, should not be saying these things. All I'm you saying is that huge sports I'm a huge sports fan. I want to watch the best competitors compete. And you don't care if the greatest player of all time plays for a team you've never heard of? As long as you've all the competitors are there. Oh, my God. Okay. Eric, Where Messi's going Eric. is the MLS. Stop for one second, for the love of God. I mean, that was fun. If if what Eric is saying is true, that all fans care about is watching the best players compete against each other, then the whole concept of rooting for teams would not fucking exist. Like, people exist. care about teams. Wrong. They Wrong. care about the etymology of that team. No. They care about the history of that That's team. That's a false premise. Like, the Wrong. idea... Like the, Dude, your what? your premise is invalidated by the fact they're a team like the Cubs didn't win teams. a World Series they for like a hundred fucking years. Do you realize that like roots for the Cubs. no? You're wrong. Like do you realize you don't that, think like, people are sad that Messi's going to Miami instead of going to Barcelona? Do you realize or? that like I watch the English Premier League and I don't live in England? Okay, like it, it has nothing to do with like where you live or where your guy plays for it's like of course it you does. can like associate you, you've never seen teams that like they they have this player that they're the best player for like 10 years and then they leave the club and then the fans are like fuck you and then they just disown yeah. them. okay what you're describing is fandom which i agree with people like people will latch on as a fanatic, that's like what fan is short for. You become a fanatic okay. for a club I but don't like think all this of this be... is it's Based let me, on the let fact me that you want to watch the best players, like, are you a fan Listen, of bro, like? This might be true in baseball. It no, might be true in American you. football. No, fuck you. It might. Are be you true a fan of like basketball. nomads? Fucking. Listen to San me. Diego soccer. Listen like, to me. In soccer, there is nothing more important than the clubs. I don't care if this is not true in baseball and 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 American football and basketball and every other sport. There is. These people die for their clubs. Okay, well, Why? Messi's you... going to MLS. Fine. And that's fine. fine for you, so that just spits in the face of everything Wait, you're what saying. what do you mean it's fine for me? It... That spits in the face of everything no, you're saying. No, we haven't even talked about that yet. That's we exactly what you're saying. That. No, we only just care about the clubs, Barca, Messi, and club, and he's going to Miami. Nobody's happy about that. We haven't talked about that part yet. 
People in the U.S. are happy about that. Sure, but like, what are you talking about? No, You're talking just about like many... tripping over yourself. No, I'm not tripping over myself at all. This is the you... point. No, there... no, that's not the point. Okay, that's not the point. Can we also agree that there's a difference between just going to some random team in Saudi Arabia, collecting a paycheck, and leaving, versus like going into this infinite money? Then they would that would be attractive to them. But right? how is like how can you apply that to Miami and not apply that to Saudi Arabia? It's the exact same no, scenario. Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia is, like, is like the 27th best league in the world. Where's it's MLS? Like maybe 24th. If maybe, you take no, if you take no, an entity like that just has 10? infinity money and they're just exchanging money to get players. There's no soul there. But There's that like becomes like my for. point is that that becomes country. the pro league. The pro no, league becomes the, the one that pays the players. More than just good players. There has to be like a history, a culture. Like there's all this other stuff there that makes it good. No, what makes great. it good is you get the best players. No, oh my god. No, We're it's more than that. Lost right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many points at once. I can't even handle them. Like uh, I'm with you. I would prefer that Messi went to Barca. I would prefer that all the best players stayed in the top five leagues as they are. This is like what I prefer as a spectator. But okay. like when I go back to the first principles of being a spectator, what I actually want to watch is competition. And I want to watch the highest levels of it. Okay. And, if, and if like the best money, like if like Saudi money is the highest pay for athletes and it attracts all the best ones and that becomes then the best league, I'm like, cool. I don't actually give a fuck about the Premier League in England. I just want to watch the best wait, players. Wait, I have a good... Uh, riddle me this. If what people really want to watch is just the best players, why does nobody fucking care about All-Star Games? Because it's not competitive. It's why not competitive. It not, if I really try why? to understand It's not competitive. There's no saying. outcome. There's no outcome. It's You're more than just the best players getting together and just playing a fucking game because they're the best players. Like, no, it, they're intentionally more, not there. trying to not get injured for their actual league. Yeah, they're all oh, just it's not, existing it's, together. They're all just it's a bad analogy. There. It's not the right they don't, analogy. There's no history there. It's a bad analogy. It's, no, it's, it's a great right. analogy because the fucking all-star team no, they don't, for this year, they there's don't no history to the team. It's just like, here's a bunch of good players. There's no history. They didn't win a championship five years ago. Your grandpa didn't root for them. It's just these random players who about winning yesterday. Those players don't care about winning the history Steven. of the team matters it's his first it time matters. watching sports i agree with your other points Stephen, but the analogy doesn't work those players don't care about oh winning God. that game yeah they that, actually the try not to get injured the that's their out, that's their incentive look if i try to understand you're saying that it's agnostic the players are playing wherever they're hold playing, on hold on we want to watch them i want to help you let's get back to the first principle okay what made the english premier league the english premier league like the top league in the world or spanish la liga or the top five, you know, it's like France, England, Spain, Italy, this is, this Germany. This is what I care about. Okay. This is what I want to so get So what into. made those leagues the best? It's because it attracted the best players. How do they attract the best players? Because they paid them. Okay. That's why. So now those leagues are the best because they pay their players the best. They attract Wait the best second. players. Where does the money come so from? So what I'm saying is if there's a league that will attract the best players and become part of this top five, then who's to say that we are we are like not allowed to watch that league as well? No one said that. That's yeah, what you're saying. That. No. No. I just said, number one, player, going to a place only for money doesn't feel right. Some players will do it. Some players won't. That was the first part. The second part was the fans. Should the fans just like automatically follow a player and watch a league because the players are there? No. Players care fans care about the team that the player plays for. 
Those are my two points. That's literally it. That's where we disagree. Okay. I I understand what you're like. Yeah, yeah. Those are those are like target, those are like but mutually exclusive plenty, points. Yeah. But like that's I, why I felt like we were. This was fun. We were definitely talking past each other. But like Look, I have no reason to, to. I have no personal incentive to be like an English Premier League fan. No. Or an Italian Serie A fan or whatever. I root for watching the best players compete. And if the best players do compete in Saudi league, so be it. Then I'd be a fucking fan of that. I think what it comes down to in a lot of ways is like the nature of wanting to protect history, like conservative versus progressive, right? You have history. You have the country that basically created this sport. Um, You have a lot of things that create a source of pride for the last 100 150 years, 200 years, even some of these clubs. And it's prestigious. It's honorable to go and play for some of these clubs. Now, the MLS is new, but the MLS still has much more respect than the Saudi League. The Saudi League is nothing but oil money being bribed to players, just like in the live golf thing, to get them to come over. And the MLS now, here's is what the exact I think is same, interesting. except for you just offer American the money. The MLS is the same. The MLS is the same. That's exactly so the, what I'm the my point is. The deeper thing is, when does it become okay? When does it become... For me, I, I it's for me, it's day one. It's okay right now because it's the same. I get it. Okay, I get, I get it. I understand what you're driving at, but I think that for most people, they care. And it's difficult to just let go of like, no, I, but I want to see my favorite player I totally, in these shirts. Yes, and I, and I don't want to misconstrue that I don't see that. I want to see Messi in a Barca shirt, and I want to see that legacy continue. But here's where he's at. He's choosing between Saudi and MLS, and my point right. is they're the same. Fine, but he chose the one that gave him a lot less money. And I think Why? that's a, I think that's a blunder. Why? Why do you think he did it? I think he wants to own a piece of American franchise, which they also offered him. And I think that if he took the Saudi money, then he could have just taken that in dollars and bought an American franchise. I can't believe that convo went out. Like the, the whole origin, <laughs> the whole origin of sport from like the it's original tradition. days was like a battle of tribes. Like people right. weren't watching it because they wanted to see the best gladiator. Like there were people they were like it was their it's tribe. They were watching their tribe, their people compete. And it, they weren't just gonna go to another tribe because the other tribe had better athletes. It was it was much more Do you, than performance on. based like, in nature. That's wired so into our lost DNA. On this. You're so lost on no, this. No I'm not that is the Did root you realize of that we're gonna have a San Diego soccer team in like a year. We're going to have one. Are you going to be like a big fan because we live here? You probably won't be. I won't be. No, that's how it works. That's how it works. But you like 100 a years from now, like people <laughs> might really... I won't be because Why I, not? I watch English Premier League. I watch the best compete. No, but that's like saying like if I live in Middlesbrough, England, I'm not going to be a fan of that team because it's here. And it just like, what do you mean? Why wouldn't you be a team? Why wouldn't you be a fan of that team? Why wouldn't you be a fan of the ABA basketball San Diego fucking Jackrabbits? Because who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah, who gives a fuck now? But if that's like, how it works, Eric. If the team's that's okay, literally how it works. and then you have kids you're and they go to the, the games point that that's and they not get how better. It works. No, that's if literally how it works. Your great-great-grandchildren are watching, and like, there's a history that's established. This, and the team I is just have to make sure yeah, we understand you here. You're telling me you're so lost. in cities around the world, when there's a local team, 
people don't or shouldn't support that team? What I'm saying is, if that team is a low tier non factor, then it doesn't, that, that obviously doesn't come into play. Of course it does. So there are so many small towns in England, right? Where there's like a third division okay. team. Okay, hold on. But let people me are let me ask huge you fucks. Fans. Hold on. Let me ask you fucks. I love the fucks are coming out. Yeah. Now. How many of you guys have been to San Diego Soccer's games? I have. Yeah, Steven? Oh, soccer's. No. I thought you were San Diego. Yeah, State. thank you. That's our local soccer team. How many games have you been to, well, you fucking assholes? Pro. I don't watch I don't watch <laughs> premier pro. soccer games. Why would I go to a soccer's game? What's your point? My point is that you don't just root for the local one. You root for something that matters but i don't root for any of them so why would i root for the soccers i'm so lost this is null this okay. is done well now that we've lost this you guys are done. lost now that we've lost this the entire audience no you're all lost <laughs> <laughs> I've been you guys lost. are morons <laughs> when eric starts bringing it it's 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 the hammer time it's wow. judgment day <laughs> I feel right, like I, I do want to. I do want to get one. Steven wants to root for all star teams. First of all, no, I don't want to root for all star teams. <laughs> this is the opposite of what I said. <laughs> I do want to get one take from you guys. I'm just here. being gaslit. What That's what's happening? What do you think about Live Golf joining with PGA? Okay, I mean, so yeah. I'm I I liked when Live started competing with the PGA because I don't like these like monopolies. The PGA is like, oh, we're the PGA. We've been around for two hundred years, and Ben Hogan and shit, and like. We can just do whatever we want, and there's no competition. Like, I don't really like that all the American sports leagues have these like enshrined monopolies. Because yeah. anytime you have a monopoly, it just lets the sort of enshrined benighted party that just is suck. my point, you moron. I think literally you're, not you, your point you're was not like a why people watch sports. Making it like well. no. when when there is if a, your point is that Saudi my Arabian point league is that is there like is an golf. entity that will pay athletes more to go be professional over here and you're like i don't care they're the best that's exactly my point no the difference oh between two leagues <laughs> optimizing their thing is very different from Steven's like Steven's alluding to like the, the 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 monopolistic nature why am i not alluding to that that's exactly what i'm talking that is about not the way you're being you're right redefining now. what fandom is. No, I'm talking about the I'm talking about the exact same thing. It's a capitalistic market level. where you can pay players to come to a league. But okay. people don't like back. sports don't because capitalism. <laughs> okay, so I don't want to ask you guys about live golf. I will just say that I want you to close this and talk about aliens. I think and, it's and send it home. I think oh, it's fuck, a, I forget we have to talk about aliens. I think still. it's a shame God. that the the players in the PGA that like showed their loyalty to PGA by not accepting the live golf money are left holding the bag. Like they get nothing. You mm -hmm. know, these two leagues now merge. I agree. And like John Rom, Rory, et cetera, they said, no, I won't take this Saudi money. Bought, they could have got the jet. They could have got the bag, and I'm saying Messi should take the bag. Okay. Fair enough. You are the one with the opinion on this today. That no was doubt. A hell of a I got a couple take. morons. I got. I. I. I think I've never. I. That was very difficult to to try to really get to the root of. But I think I. I kind of. All right. Interested. Speaking of crazy so, ideas that nobody believes in or can prove. <laughs> so we've got a guy who's very connected, telling us that we have alien aircraft that we've been hiding from the world. We have alien bodies. He's saying we have bodies. Yeah, good bodies. He hasn't seen any of it. He hasn't seen any of it. What do you think about that? He said they're there. Well, like, okay, so to be fair, it's more than some guy, right? Right. It's like a 
whistleblower basically agreeing to perjure himself before the government, take an oath, go to jail. Like so he's actually got some skin in the game. So it's it's not just a kind of fly by night thing. But yeah, he's like, yeah, there's aliens, there's ships, we've got them. A lot of countries have gotten them. There's bodies. Um what's more interesting to me is that nobody seems to care, honestly. Like nobody like uh, citizens? Yeah, like if you told me this in 1994. Because we or don't something. know what the fuck is been like, going this on. This is the dude. biggest thing. Is it that? We, or- we don't know. Like, we don't trust anything. And it's never clear. And there's never evidence. There's never pictures. It's never some big leak where it's I don't like, think that's true. People look at the alien face. No, no, no. That, that's not true because people jump all over the dumbest conspiracy theories all the time. Like, if, if I pull up Twitter, there's some left wing. And right-wing conspiracy, where if I go into it, everybody's like, oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. Like, if I go on, like, far-right Twitter right now, there's a gigantic conspiracy that the COVID vax is basically a time bomb that injects you with cancer that can be activated and kill you at any time, right? That's way less (laughs) – that's way more crazy than aliens. Everybody – like, there's a lot of people believing in it. There's a lot of chatter. None of those people are talking about aliens, why? Why is nobody talking about the aliens? Like, I feel like this should be like an enormous, huge thing, and nobody seems to care. And this happened before too. Like, we had, we had people like with the the crafts. Like, the government came out and we're like, yeah, there's some, there's UFOs. Can you guys and, tell and me cared. what was uh, sort of like purported in this report? Because like, I, what happens? What happens so often? And this is where I stand. It's like. You get so many guys who um, say that here's what happened, here's what happened. That it's like a the boy who cried wolf phenomenon, where I'm like tired of even hearing about uh, this one. You're actually right on. Like I'm hearing about <laughs> UFOs and shit, and it's like okay, like I'm tired of hearing about these like boys who cried wolf. That's, like that's what it is. So like what happened? That's why there's no reaction, Stephen. So what happened? No one knows what happened. Um. Well. I mean, this guy came out and said that he has been told by people high up um, that worked alongside him, and he was a, a vet, what, like 18 years, or am I making that up? It was like 18, um, that people confided in him. We have recovered aircraft that is non-human. We don't know what it is, and there was talk of, like, actual bodies um crashes he talked about the fact that there's like a a race not an arms race but like a alien recovery race to recover spacecraft that has crashed between countries everyone is competing to acquire these parts as fast as possible to reverse engineer and uncover like what's happening i find that to be the stupidest thing i've ever heard be fascinating versus true how could that be true? Well, it would just be rad. How could that be true? Imagine honestly? the tech we would acquire. You guys from heard these me crashes. say this before, but it's like if there was a civilization out there that could get here only to crash, <laughs> what a fucking failure of a civilization. Not once, not twice, multiple they times. Keep up. Countries, they're all just like arriving to our atmosphere, and there's something about our ozone that just causes them to crash. Oh God! And then Russia and China and America are all competing to f- yeah. find and source these aircraft parts from alien civilizations. 
You gotta be fucking kidding me. That really this is, is that really is the ultimate fail. It's a joke. To they be able to harness a, like to travel faster than the speed of light. Interstellar. You, you make it across the Andromeda galaxy yeah. to you, us yeah. just you, to get you, to our own. So either, either you didn't break the speed of light and you took like a million years to get here. Or you broke the speed of light. You did not. You defied the laws of physics. You found a wormhole. You got through it from another galaxy, only to crash. You guys always laugh at my shitty ozone takes when I'm high. <laughs> like, imagine if our stupid ozone was like the actual defense system against aliens that are coming Wait, in. Wait, you've had multiple ozone takes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like this. I like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. So, so when I get high, I I <laughs> often talk to you guys about how permeable our defense system is yeah, the, this, this is like this like ozone this is a mushroom take. This, this mushroom ozone take where i'm like wait hold on so our whole defense system is <laughs> you just go right through it but if you go too fast then it's a problem like yeah. you can just go right through it yeah and I think this ozone is fucking bullshit. Like, this is the worst defense system ever. But if this thing is, <laughs> is, the, is the thing that's, like, actually stopping Yo, the aliens. What if our ozone is causing It's just, crashes? like, the best defense ever. They just show up. They're like, we've never seen this. Oh, my God, oh ozone. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we've studied everything in the universe, but we weren't prepared for this. <laughs> we weren't prepared this. for this thing <laughs> that you can go right. I can stick my hand right through it. It's yeah, a fucking piece of shit. We weren't prepared for this. We're going to get so many uh, physics actually Fine. comments. Actually, me. This. All day long. Actually, I literally walk right look, through the, the ozone. Actually, the so ozone funny. isn't what causes the craft to catch fire. Okay, it was a, it was it was a prairie in yeah. Nebraska that caused it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> New Mexico. You get my point. Atmosphere. Yeah. The yeah. Earth just happened to land in New Mexico. I can literally walk through the atmosphere, but like that'll stop everything. Come on. Now there is a um, trend. Again, if any of this evidence is real or true. That after the first like atomic bomb testing and explosions, the alien sort of observation rate, crash rate, arrival rate increased. Like, I guess what I really want to drive is that at really here is really true though, or do well, we just like kind of accept that as like a? I'm regurgitating something I've I've read, but I have not done a deep dive on. Mm. So, I'm not an alien guy. I, I, that is a popular thing I hear people say. Like, oh, these fuckers yeah. started nuking and they all showed up. Like, hey, what's going on here? So, look, I mean, why do you think we're not paying attention to it, Stephen? And do you think it's real? I think as a society, we have banner blindness. Is that the same as Boy Who Cried Wolf? What does banner blindness kind of. mean? Banner blindness is like a term you have in marketing where if you see an so ad is, or some sort of same. banner ad multiple times, your brain just ignores it. It may as well not even exist. So aliens is like this sort of thing that's been around forever. Well, aliens, particularly aliens, if that aliens, banner aliens. has like not led to a result Real fruitful you know, for like yeah. 70 years. Yeah. Right. Well, like when you were... 12 people weren't like there's a vaccine that's like injecting you and causing everybody cancer and the the global cabal can push a button and kill everybody right like, whoa like like if that had been told to you like a thousand times you'd be like eh, whatever but when it's like this new idea and it spreads people were like holy shit it's new and shiny and it's a crazy conspiracy but aliens is like it's like so lame at this point i don't think anybody cares anymore yeah we're just a very uh over <laughs> overstimulated society like we would have to have little green men literally <laughs> just land in the middle of hollywood and just walk up to you know chris rock at the 
the Oscars and slap him in the face. I mean, at that point, like, I would oh. do, even say like AI did it. You know, like <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't like I don't even know well, what that would, it would be take. the most logical conclusion. I don't even know what that, it would yeah. take for me to get to believe aliens at this point because it's like AI is so prevalent. I I'm almost like. I can't even be convinced. So then the other side, you know, there's another camp that is saying, like, this is all just a great secret. It's all technology that is human. It has just been kept away from humans for a long time. We as a species are way more advanced than most of us realize. Um, there are secret organizations. There are cabals that have uh, access to this information, and most of us don't. Do you think that is more likely? I don't know. Do you believe in that or? <sighs> I really, God damn. I don't know, man. <laughs> Can I tell you, I had like a, an experience one time. Mm. Did you? An alien experience? Well, I had like the, I had an experience where I was like, what the fuck? When we were in Washington or different? Well, I've definitely had that. Yeah. Uh, but I had a sober one when I was driving uh, on the five freeway north. I was like driving from San Diego to San Francisco. And this was about like two in the morning. OK, so there's nobody on the roads, really. And I'm driving north on the five in like Modesto area. There's like nobody around. OK, and I see this like horizontal three. Like there's a, a horizontal line with three lights on it. Yep. And this thing starts just like maneuvering in, in ways that I've never sort of like seen. And, and it's like, you know, it's probably like a thousand feet in the air. So like I'm see and I'm like, what the hell? And then this thing just keeps on flipping and turning and doing all kinds of weird shit. And I'm like, what? Is what the fuck? Like, what was I've, that? I've had a few of those, dude. I think I, I've had a few of those where I'm definitely like, there's no explanation for this. Yeah. Um, I think that this is, you know how we often talk about how the answer is somewhere in the middle? Yeah. This is one of those situations where I definitely feel like it's not. <laughs> the answer is not in the middle. <laughs> like, the this is not a Pareto that, principle. No, the answer to this alien question is either that we are absolutely surrounded by them all the time and that the human species is so overwhelmed. I mean, think about these idiots in charge, these actual fucking morons, right? That you would like to call. I <laughs> call anybody a moron. <laughs> These actual morons that are in charge. These people would not know what to do, how to communicate, how to handle the issue of an alien race actually on this planet. And then you think about the fact that there's collaboration required between countries. We hate each other. There's no collaboration. Everyone's hiding from each other. Everyone's thinking, like, let me extract the most information in my country, keep it from the other countries. You think that China, U.S., like Iran, uh, any of these countries are going to talk to each other about the incidents they've had? Nope, they're not going to because they're all scared and they don't know. So on one hand of the argument, I think it's like we're surrounded by aliens, we're not collaborating, and there's no good source of information because there's no source of truth. and No one knows what's going on. And the, everyone thinks, is it is it China? Is it another country? Is it a technology I'm not aware of? Is it aliens? What do we tell the citizens? What would happen if we put it on CNN? How much information should we give away? What do we say? Let's set up a secret group to go and study this. Let's put like only half a billion dollars, a billion dollars. Let's go study this. That's one side of it. On the other hand, it's all a joke. It's never been there. There's nothing to it. And I, I, I think that it's just like either... Uh, secret technology, or it's nothing. 
it's nothing and it's always just been a nothing. I'm on a side nothing, but I do see both your sides. Like I, I'm not gonna discount either side. I mean, what would the middle argument even be? That it's like, well, like what I saw, for instance, I saw this like horizontal kind of wing with three lights on it. I saw no like central engine or anything. You know, this thing looked so fucking weird. And it was just, it was literally like spinning and flipping and doing all kinds of weird shit. And I was like, this is very unnatural, you know, like, but my, th like where I land, like, first of all, I, I definitely see both of your arguments within the framework that I saw where I land on is like, it's just something I don't understand, you know, like I don't, I don't have like thorough knowledge of like avionics to understand like what that could have been. It could have been a bunch of shit that I, I'm like unaware of. Yeah, and I mean, most situations are like the one we had where we see something that feels very otherworldly and it is just like terrifying only to be like some jet you just had never heard of oh, or yeah, some SpaceX. satellite that yeah. just happens to go across the planet every 90 minutes that you just saw for the first time. So I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I feel like Basil brought up a good point in chat. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, if all these you governments talk about chat are... chat uh, as if it's like a person. I like that. It's like yeah. an entity to you. Yeah, chat. chat. Well, I yeah, used to watch a lot of uh, Twitch streams, and this is, is just, this you is? just see a chat. Are Chat's you just like, like an entity. Twitch like this organic this? Uh, being okay, that just, you interact with. Before you start talking like that, you got to get me up to speed on these things. Yeah, you, sorry. You teach me these I figure, things. I figure you're such a hey, boomer sometimes. How's chat doing? Okay, <laughs> I am a boomer. Go ahead. So anyway, chat was like, uh, all right, all these governments are just recovering aliens and alien vehicles all the time like why has there never been a private entity that's ever found one that's a great question <laughs> like where's or the, like a government that's like used it to its advantage you know like they take where, that tech and like where's just the guy who has a farm and he's just like oh yeah there's like a green guy just crashed in my field yeah we just want to save him you know we just want to keep him there keep it under, under the government wraps. they always show up at the last second and quarantine the whole area and just keep it under wraps keep the whole thing under wraps they can't give everybody health care, but they're, like, really, really good at getting all the little green men, no matter where they crash. I wonder what Marty says Hiding about them okay. forever. Uh, Marty, had, Marty had some discussion about this in uh, the Discord today. So here's my argument for the answer is somewhere in the middle. There's so much bad data, right, that somewhere in there, if a civilization were to... Uh, do you need this? Yeah. Yeah. It. If a civilization were to somehow uh, advance past the paradox, the Permi, the Fermi paradox, and become the stage of a civilization that could transcend its uh, physical limitations and get here, it would all just be mixed in with all the bad data of what we're experiencing today. Say that this release that happened today, yesterday, about you know, these aliens, the spacecraft, was just somehow mixed in with a real sighting. Like, I think that the argument for it somewhere in the middle is that, that the Fermi paradox simply states that it is highly unlikely that, I mean, I mean what it states is either highly likely or highly unlikely that there is alien civilizations. And what it really comes down to is just like pure nature of probability, the grand sheer size of the universe if we get past that stage where we don't blow each other up and we don't 
uh, ultimately have like an existential event that burns the planet alive, that alien civilizations should exist. There should be more than just us. So that is the paradox. And then the question becomes, if the, if the universe is 13.2 whatever billion years old, why have we not had some kind of encounter? Perhaps we're not interesting enough. Perhaps the universe is too big. Perhaps there's so many factors, right? So I just think that um, ultimately bad data could be getting mixed with good data. And perhaps we have had encounters blended in with this uh, experience of just like no sighting, no data. I've never really understood this Fermi paradox thing. Why? I don't know. Like all this stuff makes sense to me. If you think the universe is infinite, well, then even if there are millions of species, right, the space that separates them is incredibly vast still that they would have to traverse, right? Yeah. So the number one prerequisite would be that they can basically travel faster than the speed of light right. in order to traverse that. So if that's just physically un impossible, right? If that's impossible, just as it's impossible for me to like put this iPhone through my head without knocking myself out, yeah. Like then it, it is what it is, and you you can't traverse that space. And then if you also, you know, multiply that by the fact that the universe is billions of years old, you have all of this time and all of this space. Right. It makes complete sense that nobody would interact to me, even if there were tons of civilizations if you assume that it is not like possible due to the laws of physics to simply travel at that that speed then, then it saying. all just makes sense sure. right? it's not a fermi paradox so much as it is just like a physical barrier it's just like hard to get over that that distance is is what steven's saying and i think that that's reasonable yeah i mean like we're assuming that the civilization that does if 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 a civilization didn't break the speed of light it would have to be one pretty close by like for us to even have an encounter with or them. like have a means of prolonging their existence beyond you sure. know reasonable bounds right where they've been in this local galaxy for quite some time observing it mastering it owning it extracted the power of the energy source of our sun become like a stage what are you three i guess civilization and um, is that stage three where you take over the power of the, the local star? I don't know. <laughs> Gotta revisit that. They, they, they might not even be that cool. Like they might just be you moved into this neighborhood and you have this neighbor and they're the closest one to you and they, they yeah. like kind of look over your fence all the time, but you know, they're, you're kind of annoying. They just they just happen to be the one that had the will to, I don't know, maybe they just live forever or something. Okay, that's the Stephen Paradox. Just, I actually like that one. They because just, they're just dumb enough to be like, oh, I'm going to sit in this craft for 900,000 years and see what is, happens. And then they get to you I... and you're expecting them to like be able to harness time and space. And then they're they're just dumb and boring. And Are you like, guys super um, neighborly in your existence? Because like I would actually ascribe myself to this Stephen ideology or the Stephen Paradox where it's like, yeah, maybe I can get over to you, but I don't even want to. You know, like, I've seen it, and uh, I'm cool well, where the, I'm the at. The ones who want to get over to you are yeah. often the ones you least want to interact yeah. with. Like, the aliens who, like, want to come to us might be really annoying. So I guess I want to go, <laughs> I wanna go back like, to my original question. How neighborly oh are God. you guys? Because, like, in, in my current instantiation of myself, I have neighbors, 
and I do not act that neighborly because I find it to be like a better risk return to not be. <laughs> I have t- I have like two neighbors. One of them criticizes my trash can location once in a while, and that's like the only interaction I have with them. The other is like that sounds like a very neighbor thing to say. Yeah, the other is like pretty friendly. He gives me many tennis balls for my dog, which I accidentally throw into the other neighbor's yard all the time. So I need replacements accidentally, which might be why he is saying this to me. Um, and we say hi in the morning, but it's not like you know we interact. But that's, that, the, that, that's like it. That's the perfect neighborly dynamic because like I have this thought where it's like if you get too neighborly, it's like toothpaste. It's like you can't put it back in the tube. You know, like you can't go back. And I I have this fear of my neighbors where it's like I like being the wave guy. I don't want to be like the now you now you come to me for all your shit guy. Well, I don't like being the come over. God. Oh, me too. That's Please or let me come over. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And like, like, I don't want to get it too comfortable where like now you're like again, unless you found a unicorn neighbor who's just like the and, coolest people. And listen, ever. I I understand there's upside there. There could be some rad neighbors, but like I I am like too risk averse. I do not want to open the 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 tube of the toothpaste well, and you. let this shit go. But to put it like a tinge of like rea- like seriousness on this. I think that there is a cohort of every civilization and society that are the explorers. And some of those people are very interesting. And every society has those people. So like an alien civilization or our civilization, like just think about the type of person who'd go to Mars. That's the alien that's going to visit us. It's exactly the same thing. That personality. But again, exactly the same thing, air quotes, comparing a human being from planet Earth to whatever the fuck is a conscious being, yeah. if we can even call it that, that might visit us. Yeah, it's a wide spectrum. Could the biggest be- thing for me is that I've always had trouble with is I, I just, I watch a lot of science channels. I'm a huge fan now of like, um, in particular, David Kipping and, you know, many others. Um, he was recently on Lex. I've mentioned this on the pod. You know, he studies exoplanets and, um, He's a cosmologist, and I, I I love this stuff. But, like, I think that we often put a human lens on it. We often try to, like, imagine what it would be like to interact with something that makes sense to our five senses. And I just think that that's flawed. It's just completely flawed. What we would interact with if we interact with anything, we're assuming that it's from an Earth-like planet. Why? Because that's all we have. That's literally all we have. All we can do is go look for life that comes from planets like Earth with water. Why do you think we're looking for water? Because we're looking for life that resembles our own life. We're looking for bacteria. We're looking for things that evolve into something that gives us an indication of what we believe to be life. Well, it's a good point. And it's also like we're... But life could be far beyond that. But we're also bound by our perceptions. You know, we have five senses that we use to perceive exactly. the world around us that we... That came to be through the bacteria. Yes, through like an evolutionary process of this exactly. life on Earth. Exactly. And these what like, senses yeah, these, might come. These senses are so limiting. Precisely. That like we, it is stupid to me like, to even try yeah. to look. It's like I think what's really happening with aliens is it's like you're looking through a looking glass mirror. It's like it's like you're looking at it. And honestly, I oftentimes believe that it's just sounds creepy. I'm sorry. I don't want you guys to get creeped out. I believe sometimes it's just sitting right here. Could be. 
That's my belief. Yeah. Like, I believe consciousness permeates everything, all five senses, right here, right now. Like, when we pass on, when our physical form passes on, that's consciousness to me. And consciousness could uh, house itself in many different states of physical being. Matter, matter. That's what we're talking about. We're looking yeah. for matter and energy. Yeah. It doesn't have to resemble anything that your imagination believes right. that it can be. And I like that they use the word energy because like energy is often like not visible to our human eye or whatever. And you know, we're bound by our senses. So I agree with you. And I can't find anyone that has these beliefs about aliens because everyone seems to want to look for the aliens that are a derivative of this physical form of being a human being. Why? And even David Kipping says, because it's all we have. It's all we can measure. It's all we can look for. It's oh, yeah. more <laughs> philosophical to look for the thing that is beyond. Because like, there's nothing to study if you're looking for the thing that is beyond the five senses. You can't measure it. Do. What yeah. do you do? You can't measure it. So that's it. And oh, I think you that just, that's... You just reminded me of this moment I had in middle school where like the teacher like sat the class down and she, like a science teacher did like a thought exercise and she was describing like an alien encounter with some other race and she race and she's like and they had like a slash in the middle of their face and these white fangs and these two things and they just drive all these things in like horrific um like scary. descriptions right scary and then i was just like that's a human and i just she's like draw a picture of it and i just drew a picture like of a human and like everybody else was drawing all these monsters and she like looked at my thing and it was like a human and she's like just looked at me like you fucker. Because <laughs> <laughs> the whole point was straight. It was supposed to be yeah. this meta exercise on how, like, if an advent, like a different you like race encounter, they yeah, would describe yeah. us in these horrific terms. But to yeah. us, it would just be like, oh, you outmeted him. You outmeted her. I meted. I I outmeted. What fuck do you out think about that? What? What I was saying. I well, I think it's true. Like I thought that was true. Like as a eleven-year-old boy, which is why I uh, I I, I did bet. that. Yeah, Armand, you've uh, you finally advanced to the uh, mental capacity of an eleven-year-old. Wow, <laughs> I made it! I made it! My eleven-year-old self Steven's, would uh, shake your hand. Stephen's way of making a compliment. <laughs> yeah. Hey, when I was eleven, I had that thought. Yeah, <laughs> good, thought, good thought, though. Hey, man, uh, hope your podcast does well. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this was great. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything else you need to say. Uh, I think it's been quite a ride. No, I think we're good. That I was a, that was a journey. Uh, what I wanted out of Eric, you guys sure. are sports geniuses. I can't wait to get Eric, more of your sports. Eric start his own fucking terrible <laughs> sports podcast. Yeah, we're talk all to me more about sports. Guys. You're, on. you're kind of a sports elitist, <laughs> <laughs> and you're just an 11 year old elitist. And uh, I'm doing my best out here, folks. So um, thank you for tuning in. We love you, and uh, this is the first of uh, this new format. And uh, yeah, if you're it. if you're still here, bless you. You definitely yes, should subscribe seriously. if you haven't uh, already I because say you're, you're special. To, uh, Max and not Nick um, mm. for your generous donations. Yeah, and I believe that we're like ten. We're eleven away from a thousand subscribers on YouTube. So yeah, get us eleven more. Let's get to a thousand. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe. Tell a friend to subscribe. Tell your sister. Um, yeah, I'll your, tell your, your step brother. Yeah, tell your sister. <laughs> tell your step brother. Tell your cousin. Tell your friend at work who just needs to hear these uh, hot takes. And uh, let's get to a thousand. And then, of course, uh, Nick's going to tell you more about.
this whole new model um, that we've set up. But uh, the link is in the the link is in the description. It is uh, streamlabs.com forward slash alfalfapod. We're gonna do some fun stuff with it. We're not gonna tell you what yet, but basically it's gonna gonna make this whole thing much more interactive, much more fun. You'll be able to, you know, pay for certain things to happen um, on the pod. Maybe even be able to take over the pod. Maybe be able to tell Steven what to do or to not do. Maybe he needs to stop talking. Take your pants off. And, and yeah, maybe he needs to take his pants off. And you might just need to drop a dollar or two to make that happen. I think so first we need to just start the pod coming. on time. But, you know. Yeah, we'll work on the on time thing. <laughs> and um, that's it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Take us shout, home, Jordan. Shout Take out us home. Basil, Pat, Calcium, Max. Absolute legends. Noah. Absolute guys legends. Are all, Good night. You guys are all legends. Love you. Love that you're still here. See you all next time.